When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why do we do it to ourselves? <laughs> We're just asking for the internet to absolutely hate us. Yeah. We take everything you hold sacred and we shit on it. We should have them. We should have them redo that title and just put right at the end, unsubscribe. Just unsubscribe from this channel, please. Now, I, I so I'm sorry. Am I am I allowed? Am I here? Am I speaking? Do I need to wait? Uh, you, you are allowed to speak. One and okay. Anthony Carboni. I I did. I missed. I missed. A lot of this series because you did initially make me angry in the beginning i forget what i forget what pissed me off in the very beginning probably something to do with like, thor dark world yeah no there's there's gonna be a lot that it, that'll probably piss you off we'll get into all of that yeah. carboni because you're hanging out with us for the ride yeah and that's the thing is i remember it happening but then i looked at your ranking list mm-hmm. and i was like it's a pretty good ranking list mm-hmm. oh shit Preach. so you're on our side Preach. i mean hey, i'll have to take i'll have I to take another look I don't no, I don't know that you want this smoke, man. Like I'll a new side another look. is a choice. I'm so curious about this. I've not seen the ranking for this. Okay, well, we're, we'll get into that in just a second because I'm this is, of course, kind of funny. Sony Spider-Man Universe in review, formerly known as the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel characters, but as of August 2021, it's now just Sony Spider-Man Universe or the SSU in association with Marvel. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I am joined by the producer slash seducer Nick Scarpino. Hello. We have. The Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello, everybody. Joining us for these rewatches for the first time doing Spider-Man, we got Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Yo, what's up, everybody? And I had to get one of the biggest Spider-Man fans I know. To balance out the force here, we have the one and only Anthony Carboni. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Andy, I believe when I rewatched this movie, I saw Spider-Man swing right by your billboard, dude. Oh, really? Wow. You yeah. saw it? Yeah, that was me. There was, that was yeah, me there. I was kind like, whoa, that's Suntory Whiskey prom- pr- very prominently featured. And uh-huh. then Andy Cortez right there in Times Square. You'll see my eyes kind of like follow. Mm-hmm. They track it. It's a little Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. He's like, thanks, Twitch. And then he's like, what? <laughs> exactly. And now Macy Gray. <laughs> <laughs> and now Macy Gray. <laughs> you got to love it. This is kind of Ooh. funny. He's in review where each and every week we rank, review, and recap two different movies, all leading into the hype of a new movie. And this is very special we're doing some rewatches we're rewatching all of the spider-man movies we've already ranked them so we're not going to re-rank here we're just recapping for the hype leading into spider-way no way home where we know we're getting returning villains where it's all but confirmed we're going to get the return of andrew garfield and toby mcguire i am very very excited to see how this all comes together so the next couple weeks we're going to be leading into it watching each one of them spider-man one two three for the raimi trilogy and amazing spider-man one and two for the web duology and then we're also going to do home coming and far from home to make sure that we're right up in there 
leading into No Way Home. Very excited for all of it. Uh, you can get it on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com if you want to get it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review and we'll be right there for you. Uh, we're actually starting a lot of fun stuff next week. Uh, we're going to continue with Spider-Man 2, but we're also starting Ghostbusters in review and we're returning wow. to Edgar Wright in review uh, for Last Night in Soho. So we're doing three in reviews next week. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube or to the podcast feed to search for in review. Uh, if you want to get the show ad free and you want to watch live as we record it, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, uh, just like our Patreon producers, Molecule and the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan have done. Uh, today we're sponsored by MeUndies, HelloFresh, and Uncommon Goods, but I'll tell you all about that later. Before we get into the details of this movie, the rigmarole, all of that stuff, Barrett, can you bring up our rankings so far of the Spider-Man universe? So here are the rankings, Carboni, to catch you oh, up. Actually, and I read that wrong. That's incorrect. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Actually, I read that very wrong. That's incorrect. You actually made a very no incorrect way. ranking. So the ranking currently stands, number one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number I, two, I concur. Amazing Spider-Man 2. No. Number three, Amazing Spider-Man. Number four, no. Spider-Man 2. Number five, Venom 1. Number six, Spider-Man, and number seven, Spider-Man three. Wow, uh, Venom, Venom two one above this movie. Uh-huh. I can't believe uh-huh. that. Yeah, this up. is a wild <laughs> ranking. And when no. you said when you said that people were mad, now I remember why people were mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, can't believe Amazing mad. Spider-Man two is number two on this list. That's I, ridiculous. That is amazing Spider-Man two shouldn't even be number one on a list of Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. I, amazing Spider-Man two is bottom three, arguably. Actually, I mean, actually, we voted for We voted. It was a team effort, and it got there. You can complain about the list all you want, but the numbers, and the I hands, will. they speak for will. themselves. But that's why we're doing the rewatch, to find the fun in all of it, to, to remember the things that we do enjoy about these movies. Remember, Venom 2, uh, we didn't come to a conclusion because Greg didn't watch it, and our votes were <laughs> semi-split uh, with both Andy and Nick putting it down uh, at number eight. I put uh, us in me, the color blue because we love the color blue. I hate you so Our much. Color uh, me putting it at number seven and Kevin putting it at number five, which is hilarious. And that just shows how much Kevin really does not like the Sam Raimi movies, which is why he's not on these rewatches. He <laughs> said, I'm not going to be a part of this. And I was like, you know what, Kev? Good for you. Good for you. Uh, so, yeah, that's this is the context that we all have going into Spider-Man uh, with a runtime of two hours and one minute. It was released on May 3rd, 2002, which is so, so long ago, uh, directed by Sam Raimi, uh, who directed the entire trilogy of the original Spider-Man movies and is returning to superhero dumb next year with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which unfortunately was recently delayed to May 6th, 2022. But we can wait. I'm expecting some magic oh, from that. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. You know, going back and going back and watching these, like you said, 20 years ago, we're, mm. we're, we're getting up to 20 years since this movie came out. And like this movie is a very Sam Raimi movie, you know, mm. his roots in horror in genre and in old style film. And that comes through. And maybe in the maybe in maybe in the years now that we've had an MCU, that stuff feels a little hokey. But I watching this movie and remembering how this movie felt in a vacuum 20 years ago and like as a movie where only Spider-Man exists. There's a lot of wonderful stuff here that works really well that I didn't like 20 years ago that I now like more. Don't forget though, don't forget, and I'm sorry to disagree with you here or correct you rather, 
But it's mm-hmm. not just Spider-Man that exists in this movie. It's also Julia Roberts and Superman. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Don't forget, they make a Superman reference they in this movie. They couldn't say that now. They no, couldn't they say should it not. Now. not without DC being like, get the lawyers. Let's go. <laughs> but but I also want to say that up until now, and this is this is some credit that you've also got to give this movie. We had just gotten X-Men the year before, which I would say is the first good modern superhero movie, right? Up until that, like our our you know, we had, had the first Batman, which was universally everybody loved. The second Batman, which is the greatest Batman movie ever made. I didn't watch your in review, leave me alone. Uh, but like up until then, the last four horror movies that we had had before, or last four comic book movies that we had had were Spawn, Blade, Great movie. Mystery Men, and yep. X Men. <laughs> so that's where comic book movies were. What coming about into Blank this. Man? No. What about Blank Man? Yeah, don't, don't count out Blank Man. <laughs> I think well, Blank, Blank Man was Man more of a parody. Years before and still works. The, I will say, uh, don't Blank- sleep on. I always say this though. Whenever anyone brings up Blade. Everyone always thinks that Blade is is in that group of like quasi bad superhero movies, but don't sleep on Blade. It's actually a pretty good no, superhero movie. It's painful. We will be doing Blade in review, uh, leading Blade into so the hard. new Blade, uh, whatever that gets the date. Some motherfuckers. Uh, but moving on with with, with the facts here, uh, we got the music by Danny Elfman, of course. Mm. Uh, fantastic score, fantastic score in this movie, and I I pray I pray that we get it in No Way Home. When that's Tobin another thing that there. twenty years later I like more. At the time, I was like, weak score, no theme. <laughs> I, I, this is, I, I remember saying this when we did this movie last time. Um, and I'm, I'm sure in, in a year and a half when we review these movies again, I'll say it again. The, the title sequence of this, the song over that is a banger. I love so Spider-Man's good. theme in this. I think I that is one of the things that works Danny so Elfman. well. You should as well. I you do. should. Yeah. With I the, do. I totally agree with you, Nick. Like the opening of this is, it's so memorable and so iconic, honestly, but like two and three future spoilers for movies we've already watched. Um, they go even further with it, with like the kind of like the paintings and the flashbacks mm-hmm. that tell the story mm-hmm. of the previous movie. I love, I really, Trump. really hope that no way home does that in some way, shape or form. <sighs> that would be, amazing. be so fucking cool. Sam uh, Raimi loves a montage. He does, he man. Sure we does. got a bunch of them. Uh, this movie had a budget of $139 million and a box office of $821.7 million. The film received positive reviews from audiences and critics. It was the first film to reach $100 million in a single weekend. At the time, no movie had done so, even when adjusted for inflation. Uh, it was the most successful film based on a comic book at the time, with, and uh, it was the third highest grossing film of 2002, the highest grossing superhero film, and the sixth highest grossing film overall at the time of its release. Spider-Man is credited for redefining the modern superhero genre as well as the summer blockbuster. And I think that that bit is, is interesting to, to kind of think about when we had the, the 80s action movies, the 90s were really defined by the, the Jurassic Parks and things like that. But yeah, this Spider-Man kind of ushered in a, a different era of, of these types of movies for oh, better yeah. or worse. Yeah, we the, everybody stumbled for a few years. Everybody stumbled for a few years, but they were like, we got to get ourselves a Spider-Man. We got to get ourselves a comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. they didn't figure out how to do that for a while, but now I feel like we've got a grip on it. <laughs> yeah. Andy Cortez, I want to start with you. Rewatching this movie, what did you think? First off, I need everybody on this panel, and I need everybody in the comments to sit the fuck back and respect the rankings, okay? Mm-hmm. We are the ranking masters. That being said, I have a lot of regrets. Yeah. I have a lot of regrets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. Uh, I have a lot of regrets. Um, obviously, uh, I think this movie, it's all about perspective. When Tim and Nick used to do the show, Love and Sex Stuff, they would say it's all about communication. With me and in review, it's all about perspective. 
We had just come off a bunch of MCU movies that I think are very, 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 very high quality. Um, going into Spider-Man, it feels less so. It feels dated. It feels old. Um, but then after Spider-Man, we did the Batman movies. And then I kind of remembered the horrors of a lot of those Schumacher movies and how truly terrible those movies were. Uh, and I don't think these movies are as bad this time around. Again, it's all about that perspective and kind of remembering what the last thing you did was. Um, I I think this movie is is a good movie, and I think it's still cheesy in some moments and and hokey, like Carboni was mentioning. But what movie in that era wasn't? There's still a lot of really good comedic moments that are funny because they are meant to be funny, as opposed to you're laughing at it. Uh, and I think that's uh, the mark of usually pretty decent writing. And I think a lot of the moments of J. Jonah Jameson. Um, you know, even there's some moments even with Peter Parker. Like I've never loved, I've never loved Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. I think him as Peter Parker is fine. I don't love him as Spider Man because when he's in Spider Man, he always became like in the video games. He was also supposed he was always supposed to be cooler in the costume, quippier, sarcastic, cocky, and they try to do that. But I just can't picture Tobey Maguire being cool ever. So that's <laughs> always been my problem. Like, I love the nerdy parts as Peter Parker. I've never loved the, I'm trying to be cool. Here's a quip. Oh, miss me or whatever bullshit. Like, I need a cooler actor to be that. So that's why I've never really vibed with Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. I think this movie is, you know, really good. Uh, I think it holds up well uh, after rewatching. There's even some CG stuff I was kind of worried about. And I thought it looked not terrible, which was kind of surprising to me. Blessing. Yeah, I, I agree with the CG stuff. That was some of the stuff that I was anxious about the most uh, going back to this rewatch because it's been a very long time, I want to say, since I watched Spider-Man 1. And, you know, I went back. Me, me and Bear were talking about this before the actual podcast. That, like, I still have Spider-Man uh, on the actual DVDs here. Uh, and going back to it, I didn't know how much of the movie I was actually going to remember because it has been such a long time. And Spider-Man 1 is probably the Spider-Man movie I've seen the least. But going back to it, I was surprised by how many scenes I remembered and how many scenes felt like classic Spider-Man scenes to me. Like I still I, the the bone saw scene scene still sticks out to me in like a oh my god like I I remember this so vividly like this is like this is it reminds me of when we watched Space Jam where I was like oh yeah I think this scene is coming up oh yeah I think this scene is coming up and this movie has that for me as well. Uh, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man I think is. Very interesting because I think it's Peter Parker hits that perfect, like nerdy, weird, kind of awkward Peter Parker very well. But then I agree with, with Andy about his Spider-Man. I think his Spider-Man is not all the way there in this movie. And I'm excited to rewatch Spider-Man 2 to see like how that Spider-Man evolves. Uh, but yeah, like overall, I don't know. I had, a, I had a good time going back to it. I don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie, but I think I think it is a good first Spider-Man movie in a series. And I think for for what we're talking about in terms of what this movie did, I think for that, like I really appreciate this movie as like a classic Spider-Man movie, even though quality-wise, I can kind of pick it apart in terms of, yeah, the CGI isn't perfect or like some of the performances aren't perfect. There's things here and there in the writing and like Green Goblin, I think is weird in some places, but overall, <laughs> I think it's a fun one to go back to. 
Just in some places, though. Just in some. Just in some places. In other places, the Green Goblin seems like a perfectly rational guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick Scarpino, what are your thoughts? Um, I think there's just, I mean, the thing that I really appreciate about Sam Raimi is that he had a vision for this and he executed that vision. And say what you will, but I think he respected the genre and I think he really respected, like, I want to make a Spider-Man movie. I think he came at it from a fan's perspective. And you see that in this, right? Um, Carboni brought up, like, hey, he really loves a montage. I would argue he doesn't like a montage. He likes a collage. There's so many layered video over video over green screen in this and one of the biggest laughs i remember us having we'll see if we could do it again is that that just that one shot of toby mcguire <laughs> he, he just comes in the frame for no reason above oh god that is but, one of the best movies the where will. he stares directly into the camera and yes. puts the mask on yeah oh. so so say what you will but like this movie has a lot of a lot of like Good things going for it and a lot of bad things going for it. But at this point, like in the game, watching watching it again, I, it kind of resonated with me. Of like, this is this is kind of a classic at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've turned a corner on that one where I, where I was watching it again. I'm like, I'm actually enjoying watching this from a whole different perspective now because, you know, to Carboni's earlier point, like you don't get the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe without the trials and tribulations of the Spider-Man and the X-Men series, right? And Blade and all that stuff. A lot of that was like, hey, we're trying to get our footing and at least convince the audiences out there that this is a genre that should be taken somewhat seriously. Um, and I think they did a really good effort with this. And a lot of these scenes hit. A lot of the stuff does not work. And it didn't work back then. I remember watching the Green Goblin talking to himself in the mirror thinking like, this is this is the best way they could shoot this. This was the only thing they could oh, think about on this stuff. one. Um, but yeah, but I enjoyed I enjoyed going back and watching this again. I'm looking forward to two and three. I will say the Green, the green Goblin stuff was so like weird and kind of like uh, it felt like it was part of a different movie at some points. And watching Green Goblin in this movie made me really wonder, like, how are they going to do it in Spider-Man No Way Home? Because I cannot imagine this Green Goblin appearing in that movie. Like, Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, I think, has a better chance of fitting because I, I think that is a really good villain. That And uh, Alfred Molina is just really good at what he does. Right. Green Goblin, I cannot imagine how that's going to look in No Way Home. They're going to have to do something with the eyes, the face. That's the thing. I, it's the like, whole costume. Th- there's I a, there's... keeping my mouth shut until we get to this part chronologically in the okay. film. But oh, I the two the two masks talk to each other and there's abs. I am amazing. Livid at the two of you right now. Okay, okay. Anthony Carboni, what did you think of Spider Man? Well, so you know, we we've kind of hit on all the all the things that I really think, but I think it's important to the jeans went out of style and then they came back into style. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. Like if you like if you watched this movie ten years ago, you were like, how quaint. But now that it's twenty years ago. Like I watched it three years ago, Carboy. Yeah. I was like, this movie is fucking terrible. awful. Mm. Right. <laughs> but as you keep going, you're like, oh no, there's some space to this. And also I think I think some huge things have happened within superhero movies and even within the MCU. You know, the last phase was all about them letting these movies have their own tone and every hero have their own tone. Thor can be weird now. This can be dark now. This can be fun. Like and when you look at that and you look at the stylization of it, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like Nick was saying, Raimi had a vision and he is an auteur. That's a guy who comes from genre film. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, like he came from horror, he came from slapstick comedy, you know, he's one of the greats of those genres. He was a 70s kid, so we're talking about his Spider-Man was like Jerry Conway Spider-Man. His Spider-Man was like 60s and 80s animated Spider-Man when he was growing up. He would have been a little too old for the 80s stuff. So he was trying to tell this like very 70s Marvel story in sort of a timeless New York. And when you kind of look at that, 
I, I just think, I think this movie holds up so well. And I think it's, I think it's a lot more brilliant than people give it credit for. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, uh, Andy, bringing up the the context of us watching all of them within review where we did MCU and then we did X-Men and then we went straight into Spider-Man. And I, I am exactly with you where it's like doing that, I think, just did a disservice for us for like the quality of these movies and what we think of them. And yeah, way separated from it now, just going back to it. It's like it, this movie is a classic to Nick's point where it's like mm -hmm. when you look at it through that lens of like it is what it is. And if you enjoy it for that, like there's so much to enjoy. Uh, I think there's a lot of really great Spider-Man moments like Harry seeing Spider-Man uh, with his dead father yes. is like such a great thing. And it's it's like you immediately you feel for these characters and you're like, oh shit, how is this going to be resolved? Like you actually are are engaged and care about what's going to happen to them. And, and you don't want Peter and Harry to like have a, have beef between e each other and stuff. Uh, but I, I do think that at the end of the day for me, I, the, a, a lot of the elements that Sam Raimi nailed here in terms of Spider-Man are the things I like least about Spider-Man. I don't like the 60s Spider-Man. I don't like yeah. that type of dorky um, Peter Parker. I like it when Peter Parker is not the cool kid, but he is still just, like he's just a kid in school. Like he's yeah. smart. And but he's like he he's not like this fucking mega dork dork that's hella awkward. Um, and I like Spider Man when he's quippy. I like yeah. fun quips. And and to Andy's point, it's like the quips that he has in this are less like fun and cool. And it's more just like like yeah, like I, I what what somebody that thinks they're cool would do. And it's campy mm -hmm. in a way that like I, doesn't really vibe with me. Um, so I it's, think this movie yeah. is is a lot better than I gave it credit for before. But I I still uh, stand by my rankings of it at least. It definitely has, an, like, and this is some of the stuff that didn't resonate with me. And I guess, well, I guess I don't want to go too much into it because we're going to go through it all. But you're right. The sad puppy dog chasing this girl around Peter Parker is a little weird now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's weird. super weird. And it's like the definitely... whole plot between Mary Jane and, and Toby is just, it's truly bizarre that they're neighbors. And it's like, it's kind of like they've known each other forever, but it's also like they don't depending on what scene they're in. Mm -hmm. And like the, we were Maybe joking about it. that's high school. But... You don't remember? Maybe that's high school. I don't know about all they, that. I, I feel like they tr they tried to make them seem like they're Cory and Topanga. Where if you watch Boy Meets World, there's a chemistry that you have in, with those two characters, and you get mm -hmm. the idea that oh, they've been basically dating since they're five, but now right. like that they're in junior year in high school or senior year in high school, they're finally officially dating. Yeah. I, I feel like they try to have that kind of dynamic where oh yeah, the tension's always been there. They've always known each other. Uh, Peter's never like spoken up and actually asked her out, which is why right. Harry was going out with her. But now, like now that we're at the end of the movie, they're finally like having this moment of, oh wait, yeah. no, we do like each other. I, but it, it is hard to believe, especially from yeah. her side. I don't think I don't think they really do a good job of portraying that throughout the movie that she actually does like him. I don't. I, I didn't get that at all until Mary Jane she actually said she liked him. Movie, and it's not Kirsten mm. Dunst's fault. But you're right. Like there's the there's writing. this thing where like. <laughs> You're right. Like Mary Jane in this movie, I'm just like, there is no motivation there. There's like weird playing these dudes off of each other. There's sometimes I know you, sometimes I don't, which that part I think is very high school. And like, I got cool. You didn't. I can't really acknowledge you as much in public as I used to. You know, that part rang true to me, but I didn't really understand what Mary Jane was thinking at any point in this film. I don't think and, the writers did either. And I think that no. was just a sign of the times, right? I think mm -hmm. Mary Jane's character exists in this movie to be saved. And that's a one that's a pretty one dimensional character. And, and you know, I think Kirsten Dunst is a great actor. I think she does a, a serviceable job with the material given in this. But it really does feel like when you go back and watch it, you're like that turn where she's like, 
Peter, it's always been you. I'm like, has it? Has it? Yeah, up no. until like three days ago, did you really ever think about this guy? And it just smacks with someone that's like, that's been hit over the head with unrequited love his entire life and finally just wrote yeah. this scene and is like, this is what I wish would have happened with that girl I had a crush in high school with. Wait. But the reality is she would have been like, why are you following me around? Even as Spider-Man, it's weird. It's weird yeah. that you're stalking me. And she even says it in this. She's like, wow, I have a superhero stalker. <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> that should be a red flag to everyone like out there. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that, exactly. That, so that, that Peter, it's always been you when like literally two scenes beforehand, it's like, I'm going to dinner with Harry. Right. Are you or, into me? Does that have, bug you? Yeah, By the weird. way, I'm going to run down this alley and kiss another guy right now. Yeah. Mary Jane, where's your head at? Where are you, Mary Jane? I think I think it was like I think that dynamic was done a lot better in the original Superman movies, right? Where you oh, have yeah. this strong character, Lois Lane, who is like who was who was a, a very well written character who was out there like being a reporter, and she meets Clark Kent. And she's like, this dude is a fucking doofus, and then meets Superman, and then is like, this guy's awesome because he's like you know getting the job done. And then you have that dichotomy where she's yeah. where he loves her and he can't tell her who he really is, and she's like, you're a dork, go away. I like that dynamic a lot better. And this one, they've, it almost felt like they got to the end of the script. I'm like, oh, wait, shit. We totally forgot to have MJ and Peter like have that romantic moment. Let's just shoehorn that in when he's sitting in the hospital. Like, you know what I told Spider-Man about you? That sometimes that when I'm with you, I feel good, but also terrified, but also happy, but also a little hungry. <laughs> but also a little, I'm like, what? why is he still talking? But also slightly nauseous. Stop talking. Yeah. I'll say this, but I'll say this when you're in the moment watching that and you, once again, you are a hundred percent correct, but I want to add to that when you're in that moment watching that scene. And this goes back to what you said before too. Toby Maguire and Kirsten Dunst sell the material the best they can. And when you're in that moment, you really do feel like, Oh, Peter, you sweet little, Oh, okay. Oh buddy. You know, because they're, they are selling it, but you're, there's a lot of Dick Donner's Superman all throughout this movie, though. All throughout this movie. It was, it was used as a blueprint for so much of this stuff. And mm-hmm. I, like, I always knew that, but re-watching this again this time with like a critical eye, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of the original Superman in this. Interesting. I should go back and watch it one more time. I, I, have, I haven't watched the original Superman in a while. I watched it on a plane one time, and I was like, oh, this is a long movie. <laughs> I forgot how long this was. Yeah. At one point, someone just says a poem for like 20 minutes. I was like, okay. Yo, yeah. that's, that's the thing that people don't remember is like – is like until this film, like a little bit Batman, but until this film, like Superman, the movie was the blueprint, right? Everybody was like, how do we do something as good as Dick Donner's Superman? Superman one and two, that, yeah. that one, two punch of those movies was like, this is what but, a superhero movie is supposed to be. But Lois Lane literally does a romantic epic poem in her head while she's flying with Superman that they turned into a disco song that was on the soundtrack. It was weird. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying the lowest. I'm not saying the lowest leg character was perfect, but I do think the lowest leg character was a step ahead of where we are with Mary Jane in 2002. Oh, for, for this sure, movie. Mm-hmm. for well, sure. That's my, my big problem with with Mary Jane too is like she like I can't say that they nailed Spider Man if they flubbed Mary Jane that bad. Yeah, and not right. only did they flub Mary Jane, they flubbed a Gwen Stacy element. Like they took one of Gwen Stacy's most iconic, the most iconic storyline of the the bridge and the death, and mm-hmm. they don't even commit to it. Mm-hmm. And then they they the Green Goblin in this movie, I like some elements of it. I, I do like the I mirror stuff. It. And I, I love Willem Dafoe, love but like he, it's a bad Green Goblin. Like when you think of <laughs> Spider-Man's arch arch enemy in terms of what he does. And then, but I'm saying story wise, I, I, I can't he wait does. to hear steak because I, I I really want to know the argument for Green Goblin in this movie because I, I agree. I'm I just think dying here. It's just wasted potential killing him the way that they did for how little he actually does as Green Goblin oh. to Spider-Man and to like Nick. You talked about this. I remember in the um the first time we did the review of this, but. 
he has the choice of saving Mary Jane or saving the people, and he ends mm-hmm. up saving both. Both. That's that a problem. Is, it's, a, it's not good. Like, that's yeah. like you need to make him make a choice or else wh- well, that's, what is it? That's emblematic or symptomatic rather awesome. of like a lot of the other things that are happening in this, right? Is that at the end of the movie, it's like he has to make a choice and he walks away from Mary Jane. But you're like, does he, is it, but I, I don't know. I guess that's the only time they actually really make him do that. But we shouldn't have even gotten to that point in this relationship. Mm-hmm. I, will, I think I'm I modeling say, my point here. Sorry. I will say on the topic of the Mary Jane, Peter Parker thing. I, I, I remember uh, during Edgar Wright and review uh, the Scott Pilgrim episode where Andy was talking about. Michael Sarah and how he didn't believe that Michael Sarah's character is like this lady killer or like this dude that like could get could get with could, could get ladies essentially. And I have that feeling throughout the entire movie with Peter Parker as well, where mm-hmm. like when Mary Jane finally reciprocates it, I no part of me believed it just from like a like why this guy <laughs> Peter Parker Peter Parker in this movie, like Peter Parker the dude is pretty lame and pretty whack and pretty mm-hmm. dorky and hasn't like even when he is becoming spider-man and has that scene where he takes off the shirt and like his body is hot in the mirror even that was awkward to me i was like this doesn't this doesn't match up this feels I, like they well like they swapped out his head and put hold it on, hold on, there's hold on, a lot yeah. about that scene that's like what I, is going on here like there's nothing about peter parker for me that like even justified that yeah. him and mary jane would ever get together in that way i think Maybe. it's more of the small sort of things that peter does for mary like when he when he mentions like um I, I forgot exactly what he mentioned. There's a part where she's like, oh, you remembered that. It's those small gestures that she isn't getting from mm-hmm. Flash. And like, you know, she's kind of being ignored and she's just like an object or whatever. But Peter like shows that he cares about her. I don't think he needs to necessarily be uh, attractive to get Mary Jane. Um, but I do think that Spider-Man needs to be cooler in order for her to be like, oh, this guy's a this guy is hot. Like, because I don't again, it's it's not. It's I don't not know, man. How... He did like an upside down flip kick and saved her life. That's yeah, pretty cool. That's pretty hot. Like that's pretty. That scene cool. in the alleyway is dope as shit. But I, I, I'll say, <laughs> no, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And, and I, I understand that. I, I totally understand the coolness angle of Tobey Maguire being Spider-Man and mm-hmm. trying to portray himself as a cool dude. But in my head, I go, that's still Tobey Maguire, yeah. and I, I can't buy that. Yeah, I, and I do want to say that 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 the whole like oh he's doing little things and he remembers stuff i do want to say that the thing that's aged the worst about this peter parker is this is based on like we're all kind of dancing around this very old idea of peter parker that's based on this sort of nerd power revenge fantasy mm-hmm. which which i think it really it really fast tracks the nerd to bully pipeline in adulthood totally. <laughs> yeah. you know these guys oh, yeah. who feel like they're the underdog and then when they get older they're like i'm god but i'm the one who's being picked on and i gotta stand up for myself and they turn into fucking bullies because of become it. what you fear right? um and like there is a lot of that nice guy energy to peter right and that it's reinforcing that sort of nice guy narrative of like these are oh, dudes boy. who use the word friend zone. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. Oh, you look at Flash where, Thompson. Where it's like, I'm remembering these things and nobody else is. Why doesn't she like me? It's like, well, you got to do more than that, dude. You can't just, the baseline, you can't just meet the bar of I'm a decent person. Why isn't she into me? Right. There are a lot yeah. of decent people in the world, my and guy. That's, and that's the thing. I think I think there is a way to, I think that, that Tony Brogeyer and, and MJ had enough chemistry where if the writing had been stronger, they could have sold the story. Um, but I do think that it's, yeah. it's, I think they got to the end of it and they were like, we cannot have her fall in love with him because he's Spider-Man. That doesn't work. 
So what do we have to do? Well, let's go back and like have him run through the litany of all the things that he's been doing through her for her over the years. And when you start to add them up now, looking through the lens of 2021, you're like, some of that stuff is just very creepy. Like yeah. he just shows up at her house unannounced and he's like, so don't I just happen to be in the neighborhood. And she's like, really? He goes, well, actually, I took two buses and a train to get here. That maybe in 2002 was like when I was 22 years old, I was like, oh, maybe that would have been romantic. But mm-hmm. now we're like. You're not dating. She doesn't think of you at all. That's weird. That is yeah. a weird thing to do to someone, right? Um, cool gesture again, if you're he, cool gesture if you've been out if you've been out on a couple dates already, maybe, yeah. or you're you're sort of like easing into a relationship. Sure. Not a cool gesture when it's like I haven't and seen she, you since high school, and yeah. all of a sudden I've seen you three times in four days. What? Yeah, it's very weird. I haven't but seen I mean, you in like, high school, but also we've known each other for for our whole lives. But also. I haven't seen you in three years, but also we've known each other forever. Let's fucking dive in. Let's <laughs> dive in. Let's go. Yeah. Let's before, do this. Before we do this, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Uncommon Goods. If you're on a mission to be the best gift giver ever this season, it's never too early to start looking. No matter who you're shopping for, Uncommon Goods is the place to find remarkable and truly original gifts for anyone. Some of the cool things I got recently were the there's a baseball park map pint glasses that I got for one of my good friends, James Burke. He doesn't know it's coming yet, but he is going to absolutely love the Oracle Park one. Uh, and also Gia got this puzzle that is really cool. Puzzles are always a fun thing, right? Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade. They have the most meaningful, out of the ordinary gifts anywhere, and with every Every purchase you make, Uncommon Goods gives $1 back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. So make your holiday season stress-free. Check out their selection of thousands of items. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash kindoffunny. That's uncommongoods.com slash kindoffunny for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. U-N-C-O-M-M-O-N-G-O-O-D-S dot com slash kindoffunny. We're all out of the ordinary. Uh, next up, shout out to me, Undies. Are you afraid of the glow in the dark? Well, shield your eyes because the new MeUndies Halloween just dropped dead. If there's one collection you don't want a ghost, it's this one. I always love uh, MeUndies. I always love their themed collections, and I especially love when they get fun, like with the Halloween ones. We're glowing in the dark, baby. MeUndies are made from natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees, making their micro-modal fabric soft, breathable, and dangerously cozy. And I can attest to all of that. Of course, even right now, wearing my MeUndies shirt, my lounge pants, my undies, and socks. I love the micro-modal fabric all over my body. It is so soft, and I love being a big, soft boy. You can get your spooky season up and haunting with five new prints i see you my boo tricks and treats lazy bones and lazy pumpkin me undies has a great offer for you first time purchasers out there you can get 15 percent off and free shipping to get 50 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 percent satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash morning that's meundies.com slash morning and finally, shout out to HelloFresh. Spooky season is also extra busy season. But one thing you can take off your plate is meal planning and grocery shopping because HelloFresh is here to keep you stocked and chopped. They deliver pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering recipes directly to you. We're talking fresh, going from the farm to your door within a week. So you get the convenience without the sacrifice in quality. HelloFresh offers fantastic variety with over 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian 
vegetarian, so it works great for Paula and Kevin, calorie smart, and even gourmet options. And they're bringing out all the fall options too, like one pot broccoli mac and cheese to make weeknight meals super easy. That sounds fantastic, and I really, really hope that I get to try that one. Cool Greg's been using HelloFresh. Blessing's been using HelloFresh. Kind of funny, is a HelloFresh family. Go to HelloFresh.com morning14 and use code morning14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's up to 14 free meals, including free shipping at HelloFresh.com morning14. Use code morning14. Now, Andy, hit the plot song. And it's time for the plot, Nick. Is this movie bad, good, or is it great? I'm watching yeah. Andy watch me, watching too, watching, <laughs> watching us, watching, watching, watching us. Man, I gotta song, do. Song fucking owns. <laughs> this, song, this song is a perfect example of what this movie is. I remember. Oh, accurate. I have gone through the full range of emotions on this song till finally I looked up the video last night. And I was like, it's a classic. The song is a classic now. I hated it. I, I kind of liked it at first. Then I hated it. Then I jumped on the everyone should hate Nickelback bandwagon. And now, you know what? I've gotten off that wagon and I've gone on my own wagon where wow. I'm okay with this song. And, <laughs> and now I'm trying to memorize all of it so that I can be better than Greg next time he comes on a piece of pod, a, a pod has. Ladies and gentlemen, Spider-Man 2002 with great power comes Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> we start with, again, a banger of an orchestral theme where it's just super powerful. We go through all the movements as we're seeing, you know, very dated graphics, but it still gets me with this, right? It gets you in the mood. You're like, oh, we're in the mood for, and it kind of ends on a somber note, right? As he goes into, who am I? You sure you want to know? Yeah, motherfucker. I paid for a ticket to Spider-Man. Can, can I tell you, though, this is the first thing. This is the first thing that is stylistically a little weird these days, but is so 100% Spider-Man is it's very, very rare. I mean, we get Thor doing it, but as a joke, right? And like when Thor does it, he's doing it to a skeleton that he is in jail. Hilarious. With, well, you know, right. But this is like. Every Spider-Man comic is about the internal narrative of it's told from Peter's perspective. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so this is a stylistically weird thing, but I was immediately like, oh, it's Spider-Man when it, I first saw this. But it, it's it, it works really, really well. The thing that I hate the most about it is Toby's line delivery. It yeah. like it just it just feels off. And it, if you would have told me like. Hey, Andy, you know how there's like a Blade Runner version where Harrison Ford is narrating and another one where he's not narrating and he hates one where he's narrating? This feels like yes. this is the one that I he's narrating. That exact comparison. It, he is so flat in the booth. He is so flat in the booth in this movie. And uh, but also man? like who am I? I'm Tobey Maguire. Hey, Spider-Man. <laughs> are you sure? You, are you sure you want to know? It's not a happy story. It you doesn't. Could, you could turn off the movie right now if you want. <laughs> it doesn't help that the writing is not that great in this either. Who am I? You sure you want to know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart, Tim. If somebody said it was a happy little tale, if somebody told you I was your average ordinary guy, not a care in the world, somebody fucking lied <laughs> but let me assure you this like any other story worth telling is about a girl this okay but that's very jerry conway that's very stan lee like that's an that's a very spider-man opening it is a little corny now also corny when they say it's about a girl and we go to the slow-mo MJ where she's the only one on the bus that has wind in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> so obsessive uh, from go, Peter. So God. obsessive from go. 
Uh, we cut over to, to, to Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane, of course, on the bus next to Deadshot himself. The D- Joe Manganiello. Hollywood's Man. D&D golden boy. Deathstroke. Joe Manganiello. Deathstroke. Sorry, not Deadshot. Deathstroke, right? Yeah. Every, uh, seeing, that in that, seeing that, I was like, oh, wait, I forgot everyone in this movie is 30. Dude, <laughs> yeah. we're going to get to that. Hold that thought, right? Uh, and Peter's like, I wish I was. He's like, I wish I was that guy. I'd even take this guy eating a jelly donut. I'm like, no, nah, bro, you're, you're ahead of that kid. Trust me. Uh, Peter Parker chases after them in the, uh, on the sidewalk as the bus goes down the street. And only Mary Jane does something to help. She ends up uh, letting him on the bus. Can I say that I love that the bus driver's in on the joke? Yeah, he fucking hates Peter. He Peter fucking sucks. hates Peter Parker. <laughs> he fucking, fucking hates sucks. that kid. <laughs> 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 uh, as Peter gets on the bus, of course, somebody trips him and his glasses fall off. And, and we're supposed to feel sorry for him here. But there's a part of me that's like this. Yeah, you deserve that kid. You, dude, <laughs> you get up you, earlier. We get on the fucking we were, bus. We were talking before we went live about Tobey Maguire. And I just like he has a face in this movie He's, that you yeah. genuinely do want to bully. Yeah. Like even I'm like, you know, I don't want it. I don't want bad things to happen to him. But I'm like. Yeah, if somebody if somebody on this bus punches this kid, I get it. Yeah, if yeah. I have Scarboni say this, everyone, he didn't watch our review. This is a Car- unique thought that he had. I'm just letting you know. Carboni, you know, Carbon is Carboni the bus driver. That's what I want to know. Is here's, Carboni our bus thing. driver. I will say that they do some things stylistically later, like they the way they do makeup and wardrobe on Peter later. Like we are supposed to feel this about Peter. Like one of the things that I noticed even in early scenes is they let Tobey Maguire have real acne and stuff in, in his close-ups. But when you get to like the, the later scenes, like when he's looking up at MJ and Harry and you know, he's got cheekbones, he's buff, he's Tobey Maguire. They really they really went out of their way to go punch this guy. Hit him. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, the class, of course, is on their way to a field trip to the science department of one Columbia University, where, of course, twelve years, uh, 20 years prior, Ray Stanth, Egon Spangler, developed a cutting-edge technology to deal with ghosts. Uh, the teacher here always bothered me because he looks yeah. a solid younger. five years younger than all the Why? students. <laughs> I don't He's so know. much younger than James Franco. Dude, crazy. this guy reads – like he's 24 and Joe Mangalano is fucking 34 years old. And I'm like, Can why I, is it's like when it's like in like Harry Potter when they made the prefects and it's like, oh, kids ruling over other kids. I understand where we're at. Lord of the Flies kind of thing. Carbon, yeah. what were you going to say? I was just no, I was just going to say that, like, I have always loved, you know how there are some things. This movie is full of those quotes that you just say randomly in different situations oh, and nobody was, recognizes them. I'm just going to get there. You know what I mean? And the teacher, the teacher does this line read of. The, the next person to talk in here, here will fail this course. Yeah. I kid you not. Kid and that line, not. that line read is just like so good. I, I was, was going like, to say. Turn your fucking scale, dude. I, I was going to say, Carboni, that there are. I think this movie has the two best extras of all time. And it's mm-hmm. this teacher going, I kid you not. I kid you and not. Then, <laughs> and then it's the lady in the middle going, hey, look, it's Spider-Man. Like, those two extras are so fucking, like, they are That fucking Dragon Ball ass. <laughs> look, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> his, his parachute opened. He's safe. Early 90s Funimation garbage. Uh, Of course, they all head into Columbia University as Norman Oswald drops off his son Harry in their Rolls Royce. And Harry's like, Can you just. Norman Oswald Cobblepot, the (laughs) green penguin. What is this? Osborne. 
Oswald, yeah. Damn, I got to have to. That's going to be a hard one because guess what I wrote throughout this entire thing? Oswald. Uh, Norman drops off Harry. We'll just we'll go with first names from now on. Uh, and he's ashamed. He's like, can you drop me off around the corner? He's like, what do you want me to trade my car in for a Jetta because you flunked out of every private school I ever sent you to? And I'd be like, no, I had a 96 Jetta and it had a lot of mechanical and electrical issues. I cannot recommend getting one Carboni unless you love buying O2 sensors. But it was, but it was a very cool car. Everybody wanted a Jetta and I never understood why. They were very fun to drive. I will say that until it broke down. Jettas and Passats. Passats for focuses. Like, these were the cars. In 01, these were the cars. The Mazda 6 or something. The Passat was the car that rich people had. Okay. I got a Jetta and I was like, I feel great about this. And then my buddy got a Passat and I was like, what do you fuck? What do you fucking one percenter? What's going on? Why do we have to draw these lines? Why do we have to draw these lines? What are you? What are you? The the Harry, uh, the Harry Oswald to my Peter Per character. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> is that where we're gonna go with this is that we're one slip of the tongue blessing this is why i don't do kind of funny games content anymore blessing because it's like you know what i mean I one slip you, of the tongue. they never let you live these things down they never so, do. Uh, <laughs> so can i say that i do enjoy i do enjoy the um being led through and being given here are different things spiders can do we get so much time for this origin because we've never seen it before right and i forget that but it's like we're going to slowly I, let you know what's up with spiders and why they're cool and why this is about to be very interesting. I like this part. I think mm-hmm. that I like the different spiders. I like that she explains like, hey, we're doing like we're combining like RNA and DNA and stuff like that. Try to figure out like how to I don't know what the ultimate goal was of the experiment. I can't remember. But I, I do like spiders. It's basically like we're gonna make a super spider that's gonna kill the world. Yeah, we have like you know what spiders aren't cool enough. We gotta have cooler spiders out there. You know what people aren't. You know what isn't deadly enough or spooky enough? (laughs) Fucking spiders. Spiders. But my favorite part of the scene. There's two things that I love about the scene. One is that again, the scientist, five years younger than everyone else. That all all these students, right? Oh yeah. She's but she does but she has this one line where she's like. Uh, this spider has reflexes so fast it borders on like precognition uh, a spider sense if you will and i know that's a cheesy line but i love that explanation of like why he has a spider sense later i do like that it's i cool. like that a lot yeah. because remember like at this point in time you know my mom well my mom knew a lot about spider-man because i was obsessed with spider-man but like if you were going to a movie if you were this was your holiday movie with your family not everyone in your family liked spider-man not everybody would have understood why he was like seeing around corners and shit. So mm-hmm. I think I think this was kind of cool and it's kind of cool. It's, it's a little bit of it's a little bit of exposition, but it's it beats all you good. over the head a little bit, a little yeah. heavy handed. Yeah, but there's whatever. Like a, there's like a graphic in there somewhere that is all like you know spider equal super strength and spider yeah. sense and all, all that stuff that I actually do appreciate for that same reason. I was like, oh damn, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but also, it, just I, says, okay. it just says spider strength, spider jumping, precognition, Spider Man equals Spider Man, super simping. Yeah. Like super yeah. simping is in there, but Periodic I do like that. Uh, I do like that also. Like, and this is a very old school. This comes from Sam Raimi's horror thing, right? He's letting you know what's about to go down. He's foreshadowing it, but he also does this thing in the scene where after Peter gets bit, it like it goes down, and he's like ah, and then it it goes up like a screen of the dna of the spiders changing and i was like remember mom this is how he turns into spider-man also just in case you didn't understand the spider actually is colored like the spider-man outfit i love that too so don't like that is a nice little bit of visual storytelling to beat kids over the head with like this is how it happened i will say a a genuine good line delivery moment from toby telling uh james franco about how they can blend into their 
uh, of environments or whatever. And he's like, who would want to know that? Who wouldn't? I really liked it. It's such a yeah, genuine good moment. Like yeah. That is such a Harry and Peter moment. And then for Harry to turn around, and we see this oh, a couple yeah. times, for Harry to turn around and then use that, like, Peter, you're such a nerd. Why would I want to use that? Hey, by the way, Mary Jane, here's my right. opening line. It came yeah. from Peter. Is such a Harry and Peter thing to establish early on. And it's so good. The character, we have not gotten some of the characterization stuff in the newer stuff like we've gotten in these Raimi movies, particularly when we start hitting the Uncle Ben stuff. So good. So good. And we don't get that anywhere else, really. That's very true. Uh, of course, MJ, they're talking about all these, the 14 or 15 spiders that are there. And MJ's like, hey, there's actually only 14 here. And the lab tech's like, we play it pretty fast and loose here, guys. Yeah. 14, 15 spiders, we don't know. Yeah. We don't and know. They, sometimes there are 14 super yeah. spiders. Sometimes there are 16 super spiders. What <laughs> yeah. am I? The What am I? The guy who keeps track of the super spiders? Yes. Yes, yes you I are. You uh, are this person. is a research lab. This is very expensive. This is your life's work. Yeah. Whoops, we lost a fucking spider? Yeah. Only one, one of 14. <laughs> it's not like it was like there's 300 spiders like we'll see in later iterations. We're like, oh, there's so many spiders here spinning web. There's only, it's not that hard to keep track of. Anyway, the spider's up in the rafters making a little uh, thing, and it looks down, and he's like, oh, there's my next victim, and it sees Peter. Uh, Peter, of course, spots MJ alone, asks her to take a picture for the school paper. She says, don't Great. make me look ugly. And he says, don't worry. Uh, that horrible dye job they did on your head has taken care of that for you. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Man, wow. I'll tell you what. I had to get I, one dig in. I had to get I one, one dig note in. Here. I made one note here during this whole photo shoot scene, which is, you know what? Kirsten Dunst is so dang charming. She really is. Yeah. She's very she really is charming in this movie. She can't I, decide whether she has a New York accent or not sometimes. Yeah, I know. Neither yeah. can James None Franco. Of them can. None of them can. The only one At who one doesn't point, try is Toby. Yeah. God bless him. He can't I'm not do doing it. Uh, I think in later iterations, they lighten up her hair and put a little bit of blonde in it, which looks a lot better. But like this was always one of the things that I, the reason I reel against this is because it's so it's so comic book movie 1.0. Well, yeah. Mary Jane's a redhead. Oh, well, let's make oh. it all red. Let's make it super red. Oh, J. Jonah Jameson looks like this in the comics. Okay, well, let's make sure we have a comically bad wig on him. Yeah, well, and they like, nailed him, Nick. You I, have zero, I have zero <laughs> problems with J. Jonah Jameson. You're on your own on this one. I'm just saying, like, everything everything is one-to-one, and sometimes yeah. that stuff, like, you look back, you're like, they wouldn't do that now, right? It's very – it's very. actually, I say that they wouldn't well, do that now. Well, even the wardrobe, right? We, like we used Mary to harp Jane. on that for, Scarlet, uh, for uh, Scarlett Johansson's character in the first couple iterations of Black Widow, where you're like, why is that wig so bad yeah. that she's wearing and they figured it out eventually yeah but even even and i think it kind of goes for the comic book look and it, it sort of goes for the timeless new york what era is this going in look that sam raimi was sort of going for it's mm. like yeah her hair is really red she still kind of dresses like mj did in the 60s but sort of the 90s version of it it mm-hmm. which it's very i don't know it, it doesn't bug me so much and also hey. she's allowed to dye her hair if she wants let mary jane dye her hair she's going through Fair a lot enough She's going Fair through enough. a lot, man. Have you seen her home life? She's got a bad home life. Wow, I have a lot of uh, it. Peter, of course, snaps a bunch of pictures of her and note- it does not notice the spider coming down from the ceiling that crawls onto his hand and then bites him and then runs away. That's why I got a really those- good bite, by the way. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I caught it. Like, this specific watch, I was like, damn, that spider got in there. Holy Crunchy. Shit. Dude, it's, yeah. it's Raimi's horror background. The shit that's supposed to surprise you, he plays almost like a jump scare. There are so many, like, pseudo jump scares in this movie because he's like evil dead drag me to hell guy mm-hmm. that just works so well i also want something that's very weird to me about this particular origin you're you're nerdcore peter parker the science geek mm-hmm. not only did you find the super spider it mm-hmm. bit you mm-hmm. you're not telling anyone 
Hey, I, oh no, this is bad. And also you're a smart kid and you're also kind of a wimp. That spider bite like wells up that big and you're not going to the urgent care, Peter Parker. This does not seem very Peter Parker to me. I don't understand the motivation for this particular origin. Now I'll, I'll explain to you this motivation as a person that has never had a six pack. The second he wakes up with the six pack, none of that shit you just said matters. No, but that's a day later. Yeah, that's when he's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Good point. Uh, I would, be, I would we... be in such a panic. I like I would have called the Secret Service. I would have called uh, anybody I could, the CIA, everybody. Like, my yeah. hand, come, come over here, please. But also, I, I to Claritin, it's not going down. I could see myself as a kid getting get being bit in that situation and going, I don't want to. I don't want to cause a, a fuss. I don't want to bother. <laughs> yeah, he's a thirty-five yeah. year old man, though. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> he has do, in a maybe there's day. something in his head. Like I don't want. I don't want everybody else to think I'm a wimp again. I don't want to draw attention to me. I don't want people to make fun of me for this. But like, well, I think I don't think I don't we, think it actually started they to get tag that a little bit. You know what I mean? To make me understand it more. Yeah. Well, I had the, I had the feeling that it didn't really get the situation didn't really get dire until he like kind of headed home, and at that point he was so under under the weather that he just collapsed. Because I don't think we, a, we don't see that we don't see that welt on his hand until the until he's like grabs the the blanket. But he's such the sweet boy. He's such the sweet boy nephew, though. He's not going to go right home to Aunt May and like put his head in her lap and be like, "Make me some soup." I mean, like he really feels like that kind of Peter. You know what I mean? Where he's like, "This is not good." <laughs> Uncle good. Ben, put me in the charger and take me to the fucking urgent care. I mean, I feel like it did a good job too. Um, it, showing him as being kind of separate from his uh aunt and uncle because they were mm-hmm. having that talk of like you know we got to get closer to peter like what's peter up to and all these things and so yeah. i, I kind of i kind of believe that he gets home and doesn't really want to bother them either that's fair let's that's we'll fair keep... maybe he's just got that thing where he's like i don't want i don't want to be a burden to anybody i think he's just a teenage kid and can't communicate the bigger question is this at some point mm-hmm. where you realize this is the spider that did that to you do you go i have to go kill that spider so no one else can be as cool as spider-man like because that thing might bite the lab tech, and all of a sudden she's like, you know, like, oh shit, now I got more Spider Man. Or right. if you're the lab tech and you're like this, hey, that's weird. There's a man that's got all these powers that we combined into this one spider. I wonder if we had something to do with that. Oh well, doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, that guy that killed the guy that robbed us is also the guy that let the robber get away because he's dressed like Spider Man, the wrestler, right? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in this movie where the it's the guy like, who we oh, said yeah. was Spider Man, and yeah. I've seen his face now. <laughs> I had the same thought with the school too, where we're about to get to you, but like when he fights Flash and does all that flashy shit, everyone knows. Yeah, I'm like, does anybody not think that like two days later, like this a kid the same height is running around on the street doing this shit? Isn't Peter Parker? Because the whole cafeteria saw him web two trays and walk out with them, (laughs) and it's not like everyone was like, like one person saw him. He was slamming the trays against the closed door, and everyone's like, that fucking guy. Now, to be fair, to be fair, everyone. It's literal weeks after that before he goes out in the new Spider-Man suit. Literal weeks. Who can yeah. remember things that happened weeks ago? I can't remember yesterday. Definitely not high schoolers. Time in this movie is so out of whack where it's like they graduate high school and then are going to college. And it's like all of that happens in this movie. Like when you yeah. think about it, where it's just like there's the scene later of Mary Jane and like she's dealing with like having a job and like she's a waitress and she's trying to be this actress or whatever. She's like 18. <laughs> and it's so funny to think yeah. about an 18 year old dealing with the things she's dealing with the way she is. I mean, like, it happens. Right. I mean, it does happen and it does it happen does in New happen. York. York, but like but not like that it's no just, i just don't accept it but Nick, it's please very continue. strange i mean a lot of it's very strange i i do want to i do want to give a shout out to like once again sam raimi horror director doing this frankenstein ass origin montage like composite montage for peter turning into spider-man though 
where he's like he's like sweating and he's dreaming about spiders and he's like and lightning is crashing and it's yeah, like yeah. god this is so good like it's so good it's uh, before we the word, get to yeah. that point though we do have uh, a moment where we go over to osborne industries we see a bunch of military types looking for an update on mm. osborne's new super soldier serum uh and dr strom's like listen man i gotta i gotta be honest with you guys we gotta take this whole line back to formula because it's causing magnus and hyperaggression like back to formula but Uh, mendel's by the way like this was one of the first things in the movie whereas like a marvel fan who had not had this before when they when they say dr strom you're like robot master that guy becomes the robot master <laughs> if, they, if, we get, if we get eight if we get 18 spider-man movies maybe we get to see the robot master <laughs> i mean honestly <laughs> this movie does a good job of name dropping a ton of nerd shit and kind of mm-hmm. setting things up i love like the the, the kurt connor's illusions like there's mm-hmm. just things where it's like they they do a good job for fans of the 90s cartoon to drop enough things in there we're like oh shit maybe one day we'll see this yeah we also see like the most y2k ass design of the glider and the glider suit oh, in this we're gonna scene get to, we're gonna get to this man. it looks like a, it looks like a rave flyer and a ps1 game Easy. all rolled into one it's although ironically when goggles you, and oh why so is the guy good. bald it's the He's weirdest because it's cool looking because it's right. the 90s yeah it's fair enough uh, but, uh, but i do love i do love the idea that mendel strom like this is oscorp run by norman osborne and Mendel Strom is going to like some peon is going to speak up and be like, oh, actually, the contract that gives us all our jobs, we should cancel it. Yeah. Uh, How of course. dare you? Even if I wasn't Norman Osborne, even if I was an asshole, even if I wasn't an asshole, if I was running that company, I'd be like, hey, Bro. Mendel, do you remember when I talked about things that we email each other about versus things we say when the military's here? Right. Hey, Mendel. Like, we have two weeks. We can figure this out, bro, bro. Mendel, right. like, why don't you email me about that later? And we're going to work it out, Mendel. Uh, of course, right here, they set up the idea that we have to, you got two weeks for a successful, a successful human trial, or I'm going to pull the funding and give it to another team that's working on an exoskeleton. Two weeks. Two weeks. That's another uh, one that I say all the time. Two weeks will have lost the contract. <laughs> uh, we head over to Uncle Ben and Aunt May's house. Uncle Ben just got laid off. So it turns as we go, turns to the want ads and Andy, it's all computers. It's all computers now. Oh, man. He doesn't understand computers. Even computers need an analyst these days. I love Chris. <laughs> I love Cliff Robertson. God bless him. But Sam Raimi picks a lot of old school Hollywood character actors. Rosemary Harris, Cliff Robertson. Uh, later on, the guy that like fucking dunks on Norman Osborn is uh, Jack Harris. He was like one of the guys who played like the original Django in the old school spaghetti Westerns. Like he's been around forever. And like Sam Raimi knows that shit and just stacks this movie with those people. Uh, Peter comes home strung out and immediately goes to bed. We hear the exposition from the scientists earlier about how they're combining genomes of spiders. And we go inside Peter to see all that happening. And there's RNA and DNA and run DMCA or whatever. And fucking Frankenstein. And spooky ass old Frankenstein yeah, shit. Very weird. This is the first time we get that one of the one of the classic collage montages. And man, they don't get better. Uh, over at Oscorp, Norman decides to test <laughs> out the serum can't. on himself. It's like forty thousand years of evolution. We barely even tapped the vastness of human potential. And the guy's That's like just this. Like Lucy. Opa just, moment. The just fucking like Lucy. so good. Taking the shot and doing the Opa Slamming moment. It, right. I'm fucking going into the chamber. He's got nothing to lose at that point. This guy is just like, who gives a shit I love, right now? There, I will one... say, as a Jew, as a young Jewish lad watching this movie, being being uh, being willingly ushered into a gas chamber by Doctor Mendel Strom, yeah, played a little weird to me. 
felt gotcha. spooky in a way that I think maybe Sam Raimi understood, but I did not like. It made me feel mm. a little icky. There's <laughs> there is a one character moment here that I like that where he he puts himself on the table and then the, the metal straps like bolt onto him yes. and he goes, "Ooh, cold." Yeah. <laughs> Just like, a oh, little human nice, moment. A little touch, a little touch humanizing him. Just remember that, like, Norman Osborn isn't, he's hes a shitty dad, but he's not a bad guy yet. And this is the last you'll yet. see of that. Kind yeah. Of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, they load him in, and the gas goes, all, and all the green stuff comes in, and he just starts freaking out, and then he dies. And then Dr. Strom tries to resuscitate him, uh, and then a series the of worst snaps CPR zooms. I've ever seen. Speaking as a certified lifeguard, that's not how it goes, buddy. <laughs> no. No, That's no, no, not no. how it goes. I mean, but he's I will, he, he's, a, he's a doctor in certain ways. Maybe he, he can't bring people back to life. I think we need some to people are that. academic doctors. You know what I mean? They're PhDs. I could have been a doctor in filmmaking. Don't forget. <laughs> uh, so of course, then he he I mean, he tries to resuscitate him, and then with a series of snap zooms. Now, this is something that we brought I brought up before, but you cannot sleep on the Sam Raimi crash zoom into someone's eyes, crash zoom into the the heartbeat monitor, crash zoom. Ah! You know, and he just wakes up and then he throws, he grabs Dr. Strom, throws him through the glass of the thing and then jumps onto it like he's some sort of evil <laughs> bat. That, <laughs> and then jumps, lunge. lunges after him like a spider monkey. And that <laughs> is how we Defoe. leave this scene. Every, listen, y'all that are hating on Willem Dafoe and the Green Goblin in this film. Holy shit. He lunges like a bat. And is it a little funny? Yes. Is it a little <laughs> fucking freaky? Yes. Listen. Is it a little scary? Yes. That's Sam Raimi. This Listen. Willem Dafoe is doing the most Broadway Jekyll and Hyde shit that I've ever seen. And he is crushing it. The fucking bad. Willem Dafoe knows what he looks like. Willem yeah. Dafoe's seen his face in the mirror every day it. of his goddamn life. He uh, knows that when he goes bah. It looks crazy. Probably a super nice guy real oh, chill but he knows cool. what his face looked like and yeah. he fucking plays it up he even got a little ripped for this movie did you notice that when they strap him in i'm like willem dafoe getting a little ripped it's great yeah i mean that's yeah i'll tell you guys right now willem dafoe you guys are all at a fucking eight willem dafoe at a 19 yeah you guys need to get oh, yeah. your energy up to that yeah, so i he, love it from a different movie i want to be clear about this i love willem dafoe i even love many elements of his take of the goblin in this i just think that the writing does not back it up there is no consistency and i would rather see much more of a duality between when he's crazy and when he's a normal person because the normal person it cuts back to is also just the dude that's a total dick to his kid and those two things <laughs> yeah. don't, don't feel consistent at all when we see him in the mirror and he's kind of like quivering and cowering it's like that right. doesn't seem like the same man like so dark, yeah <laughs> Uh, Peter wakes up the next morning jacked and no longer needs glasses. Uh, Andy, do you think there was a part where he was like this? God, I'm jacked. And he looked at and he looked at his bicep and he kissed it. And then he went over to the slide ruler that he has stapled to his door. And he's like, fuck, still short. Uh, yeah, that's, that's short. always the worst thing. That's, that's my fear. That's my greatest fear, honestly. If I ever do get bit by a spider, wake up super jacked. Still, you know, still short. I just want to say that canonically in the 80s and 90s on the old Marvel cards, Spider-Man was 5'8". Spider-Man was used average to be five height. eight, average, average height, height. Yes, yes. And now, oh, great height. Toby Maguire is perfect height, five eight, five eight, baby. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Wow. And now, and what now it's king. like, no, I wish I was five eight. Changed it. They changed it now to where like he's five ten, and I was just like, why are you leaving us behind? Why are you leaving <laughs> yeah, us all I behind? I like Sp I like my spider. I'm not smaller. dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Let me have this. 
Uh, he runs out of the house. His Uncle Ben reminds him that they're painting the kitchen right after school. And, and to which I would have turned around and replied, what are you going to do for the other nine hours that I'm at school, Uncle Ben? You're unemployed. Get your ass in the kitchen and paint it the hideous green That's color. That's extremely rude, Nick. It's true. It's <laughs> true. It's extremely I mean. rude. Maybe he's looking for a job because he's unemployed. Maybe he's also 70, Nicholas. <laughs> he's listen, so old. Listen, he's I'm just so saying old. This. You got to keep, when you got an old dog, you got to keep walking that thing, okay? Or else they're just going to drop that right in front, right in your stoop. Maybe he's yeah. going to take a computer class. Yeah, that'll, that'll go well. That, that's going to go know. real well. He's but I just go, love the, Peter, I I'm love learning the hey, Michelangelo. Like, I love that he's just trying to be sweet all the time. Of course, of course. Uh, Peter, of course, runs, uh, spots, uh, he spots MJ running out of the house with her deadbeat dad yelling at her. He practices, and he's like, then he's like, Peter okay, Parker in a velour shirt and distressed jeans because it's the year 2001. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, he practices what he's going to say to her, but her friend ends up picking her up before he can say anything, and then he looks over and sees the bus leaving him behind yet again. Uh, of course, this time he runs after it, and he slaps the side of the bus but his hand sticks to the poster that's been delicately taped to it and he's like oh that's weird what the heck's going on there uh harry finds his dad sleeping off the green gas hangover and simpkins comes in to tell him that strom has been murdered and the flight suit and the glider are missing and he's like what at lunch the next day mj slips and peter catches her all uh catches her and all of her food and i remember tim was there a, a moment of trivia where you said they did this shot practically where he catches the food on the tray yeah yeah i was trying to go they it that. was like a hundred takes or something but then that's why it looks the way that it does which is like pretty cool no her, her, her hair lost the color of dye because of how long they waited yeah while filming yeah you, you forget how this movie like this movie at the time did have i think the most special effects shot of any movie ever made but it also like cg special effects shots mm -hmm. but it also like was right on the edge of when you could do a lot of this stuff believably with CG. Yeah. And so it's surprising in this movie what is and isn't CG a lot of the time. Well, it's well, funny, too, is with that, how I think that it's all the practical stuff that holds up the least in this. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the, the goblin suits and the way they move and stuff, where the CG, it's like, hey, it, it's actually pretty damn good. Mm. I will I will disagree with you wholeheartedly I mean, when we get to that point. Tim. CG Peter Parker climbing up, Wait, what, climbing up walls and running. Oh, is really about. doing oh, the most. That is yeah, really yeah, doing worst. the most. God, it is so yeah, it yeah, reminds yeah. me i'll, I'll never forget that, i'll never forget we're i'm sitting there watching matrix three and they cut and it's the part where neo's swinging the thing around and it looks like someone hand drew it, it was so bad mm -hmm. this somehow worse somehow worse well you know what's even worse though is i'm sure we'll get to it later but the practical version of it which is just the the dummy mannequin <laughs> yeah. Swing through. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never noticed that. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh <laughs> MJ's like, wow, I never noticed you have blue eyes. And and Peter just completely drops the ball here. Yeah. He sure. just keeps sticking to his hands and he finally notices webbing coming out of his wrist, which he accidentally shoots at a tray of food and then pulls it back and slams it in a flash. And this time Joe Magdalena is like, I'm not gonna take any more shit from you, Peter Parker. Uh, but Peter walks away back to his locker. I've gotten shit from you once and once is enough. I'm not That's taking any more. No, <laughs> to... like, go to detention, all right? I'm the principal here at this school. Look yeah. at me. I'm you want to talk about who's the undercover cop pretending to be a high schooler? <laughs> it's Flash Thompson. Six foot four, 230, 
34 years and old. just starts and this is the first bout we uh, get excuse me sense. excuse me miss wa- miss tompkins can i be excused to shave i've only shaved twice today <laughs> yeah so i gotta go pick up so uh, excuse me miss thompson i gotta go pick up my kids and their grandkids from fucking school right now that's how old i am uh of course we get the spider sense scene here where, where toby mcguire is like oh, he thinks like he's like oh and this close up on the eyes and you see the spit wad which I looks so that. unbelievably bad cg going past but, but i do cool. love it i love like the the paper the paper plane and all that and i do I just love this shot as establishing spider sense because it's such a hard thing. I mean, before, before we had 18 Spider-Man movies and you're the first director that has to show what spider sense looks like. Well, it was always in the cartoons. You remember in the early cartoons, it was always like lightning bolts <laughs> coming out of it. Jazz like, oh, hands above his head. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, this, this scene. This scene to me is is uh, emblematic of the movie of when we say it's classic. Like this is one yeah. of those classic scenes where it's like I it, it's it's cheesy, it's corny, it doesn't hold up in so many ways, but it still really works, and I still really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I think for me, that's what makes me really love this movie is the fact that when I think of this movie, I think of it in a, as a collection of moments as opposed to the, the the different parts, which, you know, looking back at it are pretty messy in a lot of uh, mm-hmm. uh, instances. But when you look at the moments, right, like this moment going into like the again, like the um, bone saw stuff into like him swinging for the first time into him learning how to be Spider-Man. That's the stuff that makes this movie special. And so like this, I, this I feel like yeah. is one of those iconic special Spider-Man moments. Uh, I think there's I think that's why we've never, you know, everybody's like, I don't need to see another Spider-Man origin is like this movie just fucking nailed it so hard. Exactly. I also don't I don't I feel like it could have been cheesier and there would have been moments in this sort of establishing moment that make it feel not age is great. But I think what kind of just makes it work uh, dialogue and writing wise is just the. Harry, go help him. And which one? Like after yeah. he does this, after he does a backflip, I think that's like that's a clever line right there. And it doesn't feel there could have been a lot of other takes that they could have done that would have felt really shitty and like, ooh, might have needed another one there. I thought they nailed it right there. Yeah, the way Peter, the way Peter acts in this, the the physicality of Peter in this fight is very heightened and stylized and very Raimi. And and they would never do something like this now. You know, now it would be like he would just more subtly do this, and he wouldn't do front flips and back flips and all this shit. But. I think this scene still works. You know, it's heightened, but it still works. I do, and I and I like it. Right, I like the the slow motion. Like, and granted, it's Tobey Maguire's like do, looking at it, but as the as the punch goes past me, he goes oh yeah, because <laughs> that look it, it sells the fact that he can do these things. That he can do because he moves so fast and has yeah. these reflexes that are so fast that everyone else seems like they're moving slowly. And uh, he's surprised, and 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 it does that look that he does sells that he is also surprised by it. And right. this is more reflexive now than anything else. Yes. And then, of course, uh, we cut back and Joe Manganiello just throwing hands at Peter. Oh, my right God. To the I point love, where I'd I be love like, how much he was throwing hands. Dude, he's throwing to the point where I'd be like this. Somebody needs to call the security like security because this dude's going to yeah. murder Peter. Call Parker, the right? FBI. <laughs> like yeah. we need we need armed forces here to yeah. stop this <laughs> fucking adult superhero. A 30 year old <laughs> MMA fighter has snuck into Midtown yeah. High. He is what are to, we going to yeah. do? He's, he's wearing a leather life. wrist cuff and a wallet chain. He's trouble. Dude, he has so much gel in his hair. I can't even <laughs> so it might much. be a it might be a flammable issue. Uh, of course, Peter does a, like a quadruple flip over him, at which point I'd be like, going to remember that. I'm going to remember that because mm-hmm. that's not. <laughs> That's not something yeah. a human being can do. I wonder, uh, and how, Peter, I wonder who Spider-Man is. Exactly. And then Peter <laughs> one punches him down the fucking hallway. And this is the point where I've, I turn a corner on, on the kids in the school. Because up until this point, I'm like, Peter's a fucking – he's supposed to be a dork, right? Everyone picks on him because, you know, he's a dork or whatever. But then everyone – after he beats Flash – 
a person that if I was seeing these two fight, I'd be like, this dude's going to murder Peter Parker, right? I'd be scared for Peter. Peter beats him. and Everyone turns on Peter and goes, what the fuck, Peter? And yeah. I think I say to myself, maybe Peter's the good one. And everyone else in the school sucks because nobody Peter, came to help him. And everyone far, thinks Peter. he's fucking weird. Yeah. I'm like, are you I'd be like, dude. Good job. You just beat that dude's ass. Peter, in this like, school, we Peter. let Flash Thompson hit all of us. Whoever he wants. Flash <laughs> that's the way it goes. Exactly. What are you doing, Peter? You know how uh, we do things. MJ's like, later she's like, you scared us, Peter. I'm like, you were scared. This dude's twice as tall as me. Anyway, Peter runs off and discovers he has little hairs growing out of his fingers. And he's like, maybe Love I'll try shot. climbing walls with these. And then we get uh, the shot of him climbing the wall for the first time. And he Give goes up to me, Nick. Which, just which, do it. How's it look? Wall. So good. <laughs> so good. Here's what I'll say. They they famously hired a bunch of Cirque du Soleil acrobats to be Spider-Man when Spider-Man is in the suit. Um, and Toby trained with them. And I want to give Toby the benefit of the doubt and say, maybe this was pre-training. It is a little... <laughs> He's he's doing like he's this. doing Spider Man like from the comics. You know he's doing a very Todd McFarlane. I'm only resting on my fingertips mm-hmm. and stuff. It do look a little odd. He <laughs> do look he do look a little bit like somebody was like pretend to be a a, a delicate poodle. And no, you, you know, know what it remind me of? It's like a cat pawing at something for the first time. It's like <laughs> I don't understand this thing. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, that motivation is cool. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Is this how I do it? This is crazy. This is weird. But um, somebody watching the monitor should have told Toby that like maybe, I don't know. Well, you, Toby, you let's be a little palms. more aggressive about it, Toby. You can go full palms or maybe change the look in your eyes or something like that. <laughs> I just he always Change your face. Change your face. Just, God bless you. Change your face. I, but I think the rest of this scene is, but I think the rest of this is so good though. And that's the yeah. thing is like, it looks weird and it ages a little weird, but uh, God, the, just that moment of, Classic. oh my God, I'm doing the thing. I'm of doing course, the thing. He, he manages to get up to the roof where then he looks over and he's like, huh? And he tries to coax the webbing out of his wrists with a, uh, a barrage of catchphrases, not the least of which is Shazam. Yep. He says a Shazam. Shazam in there. Up and on, it's like, and away. It's like, we, we almost got web. it. We almost got it. We almost, we, we, Sam Raimi like understood comics to a certain point, did not quite grasp the, the clear delineating line between DC and Marvel at this point, but really, now, Tim, who did? Can, can I say? I'm pro organic web shooters. Me too. Thank you, Carboni. In the this, right side in of this history. story, in this universe, gross. It makes sense because <laughs> it's gross. Well, it's yeah, <laughs> it's fucking gross. gross. It's, it it's is gross. disgusting. That's Sam Raimi. Everything we see, remember, like when we see how he sticks to the wall, it's these terrifying little, you know, things like that come rolls, out of his. Yeah. yeah, Sam Raimi is embracing how horrific it is. Like. Sam Raimi watched every version of The Fly because he's mm-hmm. Sam Raimi a hundred thousand times. And he's like, this is the movie I'm making. But the reason I like organic web shooters here in a non-MCU setting is this is not a world of super science. This is a timeless, sort of stuck in the 80s New York. And if Peter Parker had created these web shooters, Peter Parker's family would not be poor. In this universe, uh, Peter Parker could have sold that technology to 3M or the military or his yeah. best friend, Harry's dad. Yeah. Like any of this stuff could have happened. This is a kid who is pretty smart at science because he's the nephew of an electrical engineer. And so in this, I don't mind organic web shooters. 
in the MCU, I like super scientific Peter Parker who creates his web shooters. But if you're not doing the rest of the Marvel universe, I think this is fine. It could be for me that uh, it could be that Tobey Maguire is more dorky as Peter Parker than Tom Holland is. But in this movie, I see Tobey Maguire. I think it's established really well that he is really smart and he's talking to Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn's like, God dang, you read that shit? Awesome. That's Mm -hmm. fucking really impressive. And he knows about spiders. And I think it's it. I think it's pretty well shown that he's a smart dude. I would have loved for it to have been like, oh, my God, like I'm splattering out like fucking shit out of here. How can I harness this into like a a solid stream of something, you know, like in the original James Cameron draft? He does that. He has uncontrollable. Yeah. And the spider and the the web shooter actually protrudes. It's even more horrific in the original James Cameron draft, but it protrudes out of his wrist. But he creates the web shooters to actually focus the web spray. And so like, yeah, so something like I get what you're saying. And buddy, you're kind of like James Cameron. Wow. <laughs> you always call Andy the James Cameron of kind of Y'all hear that? Also, uh, I, think it's iconic. I do love how iconic the organic web shooters are because that gave birth to this hand motion right here of like, you know, pushing in your fingers. You push down on the sweet spot of your palm. That's yeah, what makes like, it, the juice pop out. Yeah, to make oh, it sort of always out. done that in the comics because in the oh, comics, the they, drew, they drew the trigger right here. Yeah, yeah. that was what But I was. do love that we see, and it's so Sam Raimi that the part that it comes out of looks like the cartoon Spider-Man web. Yeah. Like when you see it, it's drawn mm-hmm. to look like the webbing on his costume. But anyway, I just wanted to say pro-organic web shooters in this house. Okay. Well, Same. Uh, of course, he tries. He finally gets uh, gets a hold of one and tries his first web swing for the first time and smashes into uh, what I can only assume is a billboard advertisement for drunk driving. I'm not sure what this is for, but it looks like a woman's having a real good time after she tying a couple loved, on her yeah. car. Anyway, uh, Peter heads he home and has, of course, driving unfortunately missed the painting process. He hears MJ's parents fighting next door. When he takes out the trash, MJ is there. She's like, hey, you bet you heard that, huh? And he's like, yeah, well, the whole neighborhood heard that. And she's, and she's like, my Uncle Ben and Aunt May used to fight before they got super old. And now they can't even make it up the stairs. Peter <laughs> wants to move into the city. And then they start talking about what they're going to do after graduation. Peter's like, I'm going to move into the city and get a job as a photographer and work my way through college. And she's like, I want to be a famous stage actor. And Peter tells her, that's perfect. You were awesome in all the school plays. I cried like a baby and you played Cinderella. She says, Peter, that was the first grade. And he's like, well, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you just know. At this point, she has a little bit of an accent. I'm not quite sure why. Sometimes yeah, it comes in and out. Yeah. Okay, you know, Andy, when you spend a lot of time Mr. on the East Mr. Coast, Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi, one <laughs> gold Broadway. I, uh, I do want to mention this whole scene <laughs> was rewritten on the spot by Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, and they don't, they do not mention Kirsten Dunst being part of that process. Um, huh. But they apparently there was a completely different scene that didn't work at all, and like real late at night, they wrote this scene because they felt like there was no connection between peter and mj yet and they really wanted to have that this is the connection wow wow <laughs> yeah, taking out the trash uh she yeah. says he's like peter that was first grade he says sometimes you know you just know people you can see what's coming and she says what are what do you see coming for you and he goes i don't know probably sea biscuit or cider house rules not sure which mm-hmm. one came first i like uh, how nick repeats her line to get back into it and still says peter peter <laughs> He's just a weird part. Like, Kristen Nuts has this fun mannerism where she does this a lot, where she kind of like shirks her shoulders. She's like, Peter, it's fine. And you're like, all right, well. She sometimes Andy doesn't says need- that. And he says that, like, oh, Nick, Nick does it. And he just, without even saying it, still does the same motion Nick always does when he gets into character. <laughs> 
anyway, I love it because sometimes it's a New York accent, and sometimes she's doing like the transatlantic Philly. classic Catherine Hepburn accent. Yeah. Oh, Peter. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm going to move to the city and become a great actor, Peter. And you're just like, which one are you? Yeah, where are we? Where are we? I haven't seen an accent this egregious since freaking Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter because guess who pulls up in his PT cruiser outside, flash tops, and he's like, you want to see my birthday present? And MJ, in the most like tone-deaf sequence, goes from like having this endearing moment to cool car he just runs away from peter and jumps at the back of it he's like don't hey, touch the leather you're gonna scratch it nice and hey, babe who's who is that back there i don't know some fucking loser like fucking that's what dork. we needed in this sequence yeah, right? drive so, me off in your dad car for dads <laughs> yeah. uh peter decides he's like this is it you know what's going to be the way to a woman's heart uh blessing wheels you got to get a cool set of wheels but first i'm gonna need some cash so i do what everyone else would obviously do and go to an amateur wrestling competition that looks a little bit more like an amateur mma cage fight because people are getting their legs broken a lot and also doesn't look very amateur at all they have a really great setup for this production value great my lord last time greg went to one of those awc whatever the hell they were it was like in a ballroom of a marriott and there was no lighting and it smelled funky this is like this is a two to three million dollar production here. These people tour. There is something there is something funny about like the very high school thing of like, I got to get a cool car to impress a girl. And this is yeah. how I'm going to become Spider-Man. But it, it's yeah. it's antiquated, but it does sort of fit with the Raimi thing, you know, but it's weird because like it does, but doesn't because it's yeah. one of those things like you live in New York. You don't have a car. Like, I guess why would you get suburbs, a car in New York? You, what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to graduate your job. You just finished telling me I want to move to Manhattan and yeah. be a photographer. You don't need a car there, but I guess gonna, this is what it's going to be seven hundred dollars a month for a parking spot for yeah. your car, Peter Parker. It's going to be more than a nice park car. You're going to have to sleep in your car. It's going to be more than your apartment. You are you going to uh, park it at your aunt's house in Queens? What are you going to do with this car, Peter Parker? Peter, <laughs> why don't you buy a digital camera? It's two thousand two. Yeah. If you're going to oh, spend yeah. your money, perfect. Uh, of course, it's like before I go to this wrestling thing, I need a suit. And we're going to need, if you want a suit, Tim, we're going to need a montage. And this is Peter making the suit, drawing the suit. And man, I'll tell you what, spot on Spider-Man, this kid could draw. Just spot on. Uh, then we he get a reference. Get, yeah, he had a lot of reference to Jotham. He was like, I think I like the Spider-Man character. I, mean, <laughs> I do Peter. love that we see like the very complex. I think there's something funny, and I don't know whether this was meant to be or not, but I like that he draws the very complicated suit, and then we still just get the spray-painted sweatsuit. I, like, I think it. that's funny. He's like, here's my plans. And here's what I can do before I get to Midtown tonight. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I do love that comedic beat because I think that definitely works. But then it also sets up the what is not necessarily needed to be explained. But I do wonder, like, how did you get from no, it that needs to be explained to the suit? Because yeah. in the MCU, we get a suit that makes sense because that makes sense. But anyway, uh, before we get to that, we get to my favorite scene where he's like, I should probably practice. With my web slingers, my web, my web shooters, right? And I'm just going to do that by shooting it all over my room at random things and tying everything up in a big web. And then when Aunt May, rightfully so, knocks on the door, he was like, Aunt May, give me some privacy. Dang, girl. Like, I, I'm exercising and I'm not dressed. And she's like, I can see you wearing a fucking T-shirt. Why did you shoot shit all over your room? <laughs> this is had to have been. A low-key like commentary on puberty, right? Like in it had first, to have been yeah. this. In the Cameron draft, 
it was a legitimate masturbation joke. It was a legitimate, you have caught me masturbating. Yes. And they toned it down. They toned it down for the Raimi one, but it's still there. Like he snuck, he snuck it in the best he could. Oh God. Uh, over in the mansion, Norman hears the goblin laughing in his mansion. Uh, then we get, we have Peter heading down uh, to the library and Uncle Ben's like, I'm going to drive you because we need to catch up. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. He's like, no, 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 we can have a little chat. Anyway, he's like, they they pull up to the library and he's like, listen, you're doing all sorts of weird shit and experiments and you're just not the person that we thought you were. And he goes, he's like, you're starting fights and stuff. I think I didn't start that fight. And then Ben said, yeah, but you sure finished it, didn't you? And again, I would have been like this, 6'4", 230, I'm 5'8". What do you get? Like, I defended myself. Yeah. Are you kidding me here? The, the, but then, of course, we get the iconic line where he's like, he's like, that guy Flash probably deserved it. But just because you can beat him up doesn't mean you should. With great power comes great responsibility. And then Peter immediately goes, you're not my dad. And he's like, all right, well, you're right. I'll pick you up here. It's so heartbreaking. This moment was heartbreaking. This moment was heartbreaking, especially like even the first time acted. I saw. Yeah. I mean, fucking Cliff Robertson, man. Like he. He gets so crestfallen when Peter says that to him. You know, he, you see it in his face. He He's just like, well I'm, so well, I'm trying. And like, as a comic book fan watching this movie for the first time, I was like, it hits double hard because you know. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is here we are 20 years later and it still does. It's like they, it, it, this worked. This worked mm -hmm. very, very well. Uh, Peter heads to the amateur wrestling match where Bonesaw is destroying a man. And we get... Uh, what I think is a great staple of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man verse, which is uh, the Bru the first Bruce Campbell cameo here playing the announcer uh, yeah. who lays out the rules. He's like $3,000 for three minutes in the ring with Bonesaw. And then uh, Peter, we cut back to backstage where Peter is registering with Octavia Spencer, who Fucking is a random wild. cameo in this movie. Of course, went on to do amazing things and is, uh, is still acting to this day. Uh, and she says, are you ready? He's he says uh, he heads down the ring. Uh, are you ready for the next match is what Bruce Campbell says. And Bonesaw says what, Andy? I got you for three minutes. No, before he <laughs> says that, he goes, well, he does say that, which is amazing. But he goes, Bonesaw is ready. Yeah. I want to call out the cartoon, the Looney Tunes ass moment of Peter walking to the walking to the thing. And seeing like the guy on the stretcher going like, oh God, my legs. Yeah. <laughs> I can't feel my legs is what the guy said. I'm like, oh, that's a little intense for children. Uh, of course, the guy says, hey, kid, what's your name? And he says, ah, uh, the human spider. But Bruce what Campbell fucking knows better. He goes, the sum of $3,000 will be paid to the terrifying, the deadly, the amazing Spider-Man. So I let's go great moment and then of course Macho it's opened up and man. it's revealed that's uh, that peter has the ultimate dyi suit and it's hilarious and i love it uh peter enters the ring and they lower the cage and lock it around him he's like and then uh <laughs> this is where bone says hey freak show you're going nowhere i got you for three minutes three minutes of play time and then uh peter throws some <laughs> very homophobic light on him says, very cute. did your husband give that to you to which i'm like okay that that one didn't age well at all did not no, unfortunately. Greg, uh, Greg, last time I was he last time we did this review brought up that meme that went really viral a couple of years ago of like, uh, of like, yeah, actually, my husband did give it to me. We live a great yeah. life, and like, yeah, I love, yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's my favorite bit. It's like, yes, he did. We're very much in love. <laughs> Uh, of course, this fight scene's great. Peter kicks Bonesaw's ass uh, pretty handily and is declared winner. Uh, people start shouting Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And then I think at one point someone's is like something, something Spider-Man. Like you kind of get the cadence of 
of the original Spider-Man song in the chat mm-hmm. and the chance here, which I thought was a fun little touch. But when he goes to collect his money, of course, the guy stiffs him. He's like, the deal was for $3,000, three minutes, and you pinned him in two. And I'm like, what? Anyway, he goes, I need that money. And the guy goes, I missed the part where that's my problem. Of course, as Peter leaves, uh, a dude with a, with a frosted hairdo, which is why to this day I don't trust people with frosted hairdos, uh, yeah. walks in and just immediately robs the promoter. And he runs right by Peter, and Peter's like, hey, go for it. I don't give a shit. And the guy goes, hey, man, you could have taken that guy apart. Now he's getting away with my money. And Peter says, I missed the part where that's my problem. I want to call also, out two things. Also, he had a gun. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that man would have oh. shot me. Like, yeah. Fuck you, dude. I, I, I want to call out two things. I want to call out the cop going like, you could have done something. And like, no, dude, that was an armed robber. An Shut armed up, robber. NYPD. Yeah. Do something. Jesus. And then number two. Uh, the just the melodramaticness of this entire scene. The robber's running. Peter slowly <laughs> stage steps out of the way. The robber takes time to go, hey, thanks, Peter thanks, Parker, buddy. for doing this. <laughs> yeah. For me, a robber, remember my face. Mm-hmm. And it, then it, the door closes. I'm just like, and then we hang on Peter's smirk at the mm-hmm. end of this scene. Like he's going to be evil. Yeah, as like evil. fucking violins play a spooky chord. I'm just yep. like, I understand the importance of this scene and I understand Sam Raimi and I will defend Sam Raimi until my death. But you either need this scene directed the way it was or Peter's black and white flashback that happens three minutes from now. I don't know that you need to tag both so yeah. hard. Oh my God. Yeah. The flashback is <laughs> and it's, especially because they double down on the slow-mo. Hey, thanks a lot, buddy. They like, use a different take. Yeah. It's they so use weird. a different take where the guy like practically shakes Peter's hand in yeah. slow motion and shit. <laughs> This so city's ridiculous. proud to have you. <laughs> I will say uh, the, per- the percentage also kind of pissed me off. Like the you know you I owe you three thousand dollars, but you only wrestled for two minutes. So here's here's two hundred bucks, and it's like no, that's two that's two thousand dollars, bro. What kind like, of curve yeah. are we grading on? Yeah, that's yeah. a wild curve right there. There's a there's a just a theme in this movie of Peter Parker being handed two hundred dollars by people who owe him way more. <laughs> way more dollars, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, Peter leaves and runs. Uh, when he gets back up uh, to the world, he runs into a big crowd that's surrounding someone. Uh, a man's been shot by a carjacker. As Peter pushes through, he realizes that man is in fact Uncle Ben, and he goes, "Oh no, Uncle Ben!" And Uncle Ben, just a bang up performance here uh, by Ugh. this actor. He just looks like Peter. He goes like this. Andy, he goes like this. He goes like this. He Peter. Peter. Hide my porn. Hide my porn, Peter. And then he dies. Nicholas sound like that at all. Peter. No. This is a beautiful Nick Scarpino, no. Peter. It cuts over to McGuire and it's just ugly crying toby Maguire. yes it's, it is it's one of those things where i'm like all right toby that's that's 100 percent. let's back this off to 10 percent. give me one man tear that just goes you, down your- <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch bastard nicholas scarpino yeah, absolutely sure not out of every orifice and toby Maguire here his ears are you wet. move along because you move along because this moment is fucking beautiful and 20 years later as i'm an older as an i'm older person with even more empathy this hit me even harder and you are a mean man there i said it you're a mean man what you need to understand is nick got it so atrociously bad the first time and when he repeats it he thinks he's getting closer but it's just like it's still as bad but for the first time to be peter (laughs) 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 why is that like joe from family guy (laughs) out of my magazines peter 
Hey, Peter, let Bonnie's gonna look under the bed. Later, Peter. <laughs> All right, we're done with that. Ben I'll dies. I'll have you thrown into the dead. sea. That's fine. That the comment section will do that for me. Uh, one of the cops proclaims, he's like, hey, they got the shooter. He's headed southbound in Uncle Ben's car. And Peter's like, I know what I have to do. And he takes off down an alleyway and suits up. And suddenly this turns into CG cartoon Peter as he climbs the building. This is the this is a, this is the bad part here. Um, he gets yeah, the beat this is on. like the thing you get before the PS1 game. Like, that, yeah. just like a quick Oof. little cut of it. Just, it's it, bad. It's really bad. But. I like the scene. I like when he swings over and he finds the car and he swings over and he lands on the roof. All the practical stuff on this, I think, worked pretty well, uh, including him dumping onto the other car. I, I, th- I like, I like the, uh, the shots where he's like, oh, shit, someone's on my roof and just immediately unloads and people like, kind of dodges him. Then he jumps over to the truck and then he has to jump over the bridge as it comes uh, toward him unless he's, lest, lest he smash into it. Uh, finally, of course, the scene uh, uh, takes them to an abandoned warehouse where Spider-Man sp- stalks this dude. Uh, we get the iconic shot of him coming down upside down this is this sam is raimi fucking horror movie directing i want you to go back do you know what sam raimi did when he thought he was never going to direct a superhero movie he made dark man starring liam neeson yeah. and i want you to go back and i want you to watch the movie fucking dark man and i want you to see this is some like horror 90s action spooky you're afraid for this robber in yeah. this in this warehouse you're like peter parker is gonna kill this guy Dude, yep. there's a I moment where I was love like, this. I love him swinging through the streets, like him really like kind of committing of like, uh, we earlier see him do the first swing, whatever, but this is like, I got to fucking do it. I got to chase this guy. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Like there's actual tension. There's like, it's, it's believable. Like I believe in Tobey Maguire for the first time. And yeah, it being dark and scary and him kind of stalking the warehouse. Like I really like this. Uh, of course the guy gets a beat on him and he tries to pull the gun on him, but Peter's too fast, grabs his wrist, snaps it. So, and good. then, the guy accidentally on purpose trips and gets thrown out of the window to his death below. Um, yeah, this is an interesting um, scene here. I'm like, I think Peter killed this guy. I think he, yeah. And it, and it's good. It's good motivation for the, uh, Spider-Man threat, you know, threat or menace like hero or, you know what I mean? And right. we, we at least get some good motivation for that. So when Spider-Man starts doing stuff, there's a reason why people have this like anti Spider-Man sentiment a little bit. I forgot the whole point of the scene, of course, was that as the light shines in this guy's face, he realizes it is, in fact, the guy that he let go uh, at the robbery. And, hey, this guy's got my money. Do you think yeah. at one point he was like, I'm going to just swing down I'm just, yeah. he's, he's falling, and I don't need to push him, but I don't need to help him. I could right. just – just take. Let me just take that money out of here. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean, Tim? They can't see it. They can't see it. Uh, anyway, the guy dies, and everyone's like, oh, my God, that spider guy just killed that guy. Peter cries on a giant gargoyle and then heads home to tell Aunt May what happened, and the poor woman is beside herself. Thankfully, oh, this is the oh. most stressful thing she'll have to endure in this movie. Rosemary um, Harris. This is a this is a dialogue-free scene. They are mostly in the background of the frame, and this is why uh, this is why Sam Raimi was so brilliant to hire these old-school Hollywood character and theatrical actors fuck your heart breaks for rosemary harris there, there really is actually does. extended sequence where she says what were ben's last words and he goes uh it sounded like this no <laughs> no we're moving forward <laughs> you're not allowed to do that I'd my magazine. you're not allowed no, to do that nick please stop I almost you're not allowed to do that to uncle ben i i legit was yeah. choking on my soda the last time you did it I, I, not allowed, stop. not on my watch <laughs> I don't think you're funny or clever, Scarpino. <laughs> Nobody does. Carbone. I think you're a mean man. Nobody, everyone thinks that. Everyone I think you're that. a mean. I think you're a mean old man making fun of a nice old man. Fair enough. 
we cut over to the exoskeleton test, and everyone realizes that this suit looks a lot like the one from Inner Space, especially Green Goblin, who laughs as he blows everyone to kingdom come. And I like this cool little comic book. He dissolves here as the shrapnel dissolves into graduation caps. Change is in the air. Yeah. Peter and Harry do, have graduated and gotten themselves I want to say the hat. Using the inner space suit is cool because it kind of looks like this classic Spider-Man comic where J. Jonah Jameson creates an armor that he's not actually in. It's just his face being projected. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first, it's like the Silver Age Spider Slayer armor. And it looks just like that, except it has tentacles that come out. Mm. And I was like, are they sort of reusing the inner space armor, but sort of making a reference? No, they're just, they don't have enough money. They're using yeah, the inner space armor. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, he set up here that, of course, they've graduated, and Peter uh, Harry's like, "Good news, we got that place in the city. And my dad's gonna pay for it." I was like, a "Pro maneuver." MJ, of course, just has a quick little off, uh, like kind of aside with Flash, where she breaks up with him, and Harry's like, "Oh, good to know." And then Peter and Aunt May have a good old heart to heart about Uncle Ben, and he's like, "I said some bad shit to him right before he died." And she goes, "Listen, he loved you. He never doubted the man you'd grow into. Uh, how you were meant for great things. You won't disappoint him. Now get out there and make." nana some honey what did you say before he died well he said my name really weird and looked at me weird so i was like ew why are you saying it like that because he was like why are you you jumping on this train why are you getting on this bandwagon right now this is the thing you don't understand about andy and tim they're on my side they just i they just don't have the courage to say these no it's because there are there are kind-hearted people here in front of them now and so they're afraid to bully they're afraid to be bullies because i'm not going to give them the feedback that they want Carboni, yeah. I hate Nick's impression of it. I've always done more of a <laughs> like it's, it's a little bit more airy. You got to be more breathy with it. I'll throw you both into the sea. I also, I also do want to point out this moment of like real good, real good Harry Osborne characterization, where like Norman shakes his hand and goes, "I never thought you'd do it. Congratulations!" And then immediately goes to praise Peter and say, "Like, yeah. hey, Peter, I'm sorry you're having a hard time." And Harry Osborne, fucking narcissistic prick that he is, is like. My daddy is talking to my friend. Yep. I'm going to go hit on his his lady that he likes. Mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. get that scene and you're just like, man, fuck you, Harry. Yeah, this, this is where I was like, Peter needs better friends. Because <laughs> Harry doesn't seem like a friend. He seems like he's stabbing your back more than he, he has your well, back. We also, Peter we ain't gotta, got a lot of choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. We also, like, also Harry's, Harry's the cool kid. Like, how does how did he land Harry as a friend? Like, well, where did they meet? We get the I think we get the feeling that Harry is a Harry is a fuck up. And nobody at Midtown High likes him probably because he is rich and a fuck up. And everybody sense, at Midtown yeah. High is like very working class. And so they're kind of like, fuck you, Harry Osborne. Yeah. They also, they set up in a deleted scene also that it's, it goes Mary Jane's house, Peter's house, Harry's house right next door. The camera just pans over and they actually it's, have to It's a fucking mansion. Yeah. It's like, it's like fucking railroad apartment, <laughs> railroad apartment, spooky mansion on the hill yeah. in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Peter, of course, remembers Uncle Ben's parting words. With great power comes great responsibility. And he goes back to the drawing board on his costume. And man, second time's a charm. He just knocked this thing out. And we get a montage of him saving people all around town. Fuck yes, we do. And look, it's corny. It has a lot of bad moments. (sighs) This is where we get the look, right, Nick? Where he walks by and like does the thing. All of that is like... uh, I fucking love it though. I love the cape question mark, like looking at like the build up, the hype, and yeah. we're talking about it. It this is quintessentially Spider Man, and I, I really think they did a good job with it. They uh, could have, they could have just added something, because this is not a documentary. This is a weird thing that Sam Raimi's doing, 
where it's like it's very like and now we're doing like this cinema verite people on the street mm-hmm. are talking to the camera about spider-man you could just add like an action five news thing to it yeah and re- and really make it motivated in the world but like Sam Raimi doesn't need to motivate things in reality. <laughs> Sam Raimi Very says, and point. now in this movie, the people of New York are talking to you, the viewer at home. Yep. And I, and I still like it. I still like it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird though. Cause one of those people that always stands up, I'm like, is that Jim Norton? It is. Yeah. It's, it's com- Jim Norton. Jim Lucy Norton Lawless there. is there. Yeah. Lucy Lawless is the one that has the worst line ever. She's like, Guy with eight arms sounds pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it's so bad. Like, Andy, you sent something to assets. Should should we bring this up now? Please. I, I would love to. Um, if, if Barrett can bring it up, the, um, it's time stamped perfectly. It should be because I don't know if we could recreate the humor in it. Um, and this is the moment where he starts making the suit and designing the suit, it's and we so get the amazing bad. montage of the city. So I think if we all just kind of like. Maybe not laugh too hard over it, because this this will make me laugh every time. Okay. But it gives Peter the idea. You know what chicks dig? You know what MJ digs? Cars. Cars. Gets the newspaper, because this movie's old. It starts looking through the cars in there, and we're getting a lot of fucking, These I don't know what you call them. montages. Dissolves. Why are we getting so much? No, but it's always, oh, no, no. It's not like... even that, though. When we get to the Spider-Man one, where it's like weird spider guy swings, saves robbery. It's just a shot. Like an odd <laughs> shot. <laughs> No, he's in the mask on. No, I know totally what you're doing. It's it's montages of newspaper articles, and then it's it's Toby McGuire looking up at it as if it's as if it's a fucking newscast, and then just be like. It gets me every time. It gets me every time. And the rest of the rest of it, we keep on going and keep on going with the plot. And I am still breaking down, remembering what had just happened. He looks right at you. (laughs) He looks right at you, like he's ashamed of being caught. It is. He's got this look in his eye, like, "Oh shit, you're there." (laughs) And almost like he's gonna do a Santa Claus like finger to his lips, like it's our oh, secret. It's so bad. Like, it's so bad. Don't tell I anyone. Love it so much. Yeah. Like. And then Incredible. he puts it on, and then he goes up the chimney. Arose such a clatter. But I, I still love it. Like you know what I mean. Like I, it's it's. Should they have maybe done two of those? And pick the better one. Like a better take. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. You know, it's, it's definitely one of those things where you're like, did they take that from a camera test? Like, was Toby Maguire yeah. just like, this is a lighting test, right? I don't have to like emote or anything like that. Because <laughs> he seems mostly like, like it's a combination of scared, yeah. constipated, and confused. Like, you ever had that, you ever have that one of those moments where you're like, I'm in the mall and you're like, I, I don't, oh God, I have to poop. Like that kind of thing where it's like, it comes on you really fast, Tim. You're like, I don't know what to do now. And I'm just scared. That's it. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. We cut over to- I, I don't. I don't hate the idea of it. It's just more of the execution that. No, wasn't the execution quite that of it. Yeah, I, I feel like one thing that I felt after watching this movie is Tobey Maguire is great on set. He's clearly great acting and emoting against other actors. But maybe at this point in his career, he was not too great at being in a VO booth or being isolated on a green screen. No. Do you know what I mean? Like he just wasn't there yet. He probably didn't have a lot of experience doing it either, right? Because a lot of that green screen stuff really wasn't like super prevalent in in a lot of these movies. But oh yeah, still, it, it, I, I blame Sam Raimi wholeheartedly for these because you got to know he's like, just look left, look right, do this, do this. Well, because cool. to and Sam so like, Raimi, what the fuck am I doing in this? 
to Sam Raimi, it all looks theatrically comic booky, classic Hollywood yes. good. You know what I mean? And he, yeah. he wants it to be a little melodramatic at all times. And um, again, going back to our earlier point, Sam, he nails his vision. Some mm -hmm. of this stuff is just, I, I've gone full circle on these. I think these are, I love these now because they're so bad. I yeah. love them for how bad they are. But, you know, rewatching them three years ago, I was like, Jesus God, that's terrible. That's yeah. atrocious. I just think, you know what? I'm, you're talking to a, you're talking to a guy who really believes that like, when you're talking about even Batman stuff, I genuinely believe that there's, as long as the director has a vision and they execute, I think have fun along the way and Absolutely. it's okay. It's valid. It's another telling of the story. Mm -hmm. It's the, you know? even in that frame you just sent him. It's terrible. I know, but even before we move on, we we fucking we just have to watch it together, Barrett. Can I you gotta, please? I've got a piece. Please so bring it up. I watch this. <laughs> also, right. I love how long we're going on this. Like this is just such a blast. I can't. Hanging out with I you can't. Guys. I can't stop myself. I'm sorry. I know. I, I know a lot of it has I'm to come it. with uh, comes from me, but I have. You should see this the notes fun. that I took as I was writing this. I had so much, like, I love so many moments in this. We have, we have a, a long history of going five, like three hours longer than we need to on these. Go ahead. I, th I think this episode will be longer probably than the original episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, More halfway in the original the episode, we're, it was at 50 minutes by the time we're, we got to where we're at now. And I think we're about to hit two hours. The original episode was two hours. We're, this is just going to be a tight three and a half. Tight three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> what is he looking at? What's the motivation there? And you can tell that Sam Raimi was like, also keep eye contact with the camera. Because when you're naturally putting on the mask, when you see him naturally putting on the mask for the rest of the movie, he puts it on the way a human being would, where like he kind of ducks his head a little bit and puts it on. But Sam Raimi is like, no, pretend that pretend that the camera has a Spider-Man fetish. Yeah, and don't what look away. Like. Don't oh. look away. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. All uh, right, all right, oh. let's continue. Anyway, continuing along with the plot, um, uh, we cut over. We this is the first time we meet J. Jonah Jameson and Robbie Robertson, and they're arguing. Yo, Spider Man is a good or bad guy, and this will set that up. When they, I clearly remember when they did this, and the newspaper is up in front of JJ's face. And they pull it down, and there he is, and he looks right, and he sounds right. And, like, there were a lot of moments in this that really made me feel like I was watching, like, perfection, watch, watching the correct oh, yeah. thing, you know? Like, holy shit. Are you, yeah. you want to talk about something that is so perfect? It doesn't make any sense for him, this character, to be the J. Jonah Jameson character in the MCU. But everyone unanimously was just like, fuck it. We How is he it, not right, going to be? We got to do it. Remember, I remember, I think we were in the theaters the first time we saw him together, Tim. And you were like, oh, yeah. Yes. And I, mean, we were, I was oh, like, yeah. I, this doesn't make any sense, but I don't care. This is perfect. Put him in there. I don't care, there. baby. I love I him. I, he's so good in these movies. Like in, in this movie in particular, he's just so fucking good. Every line he has, every little motion, every like way he delivers the lines. Like Andy, you're always about the delivery of the lines. He fucking nails it. J.K. Simmons is a godsend as yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. And the perfect uh, moment of like, oh, it's, uh, no, that's, oh, that's slander or whatever. No, I take that personal. It's libel, actually. When it's like, no, that, yeah, the it's creativity in, the, in that writing is so good. It, it reminds yeah, me of like watching, watching um, uh, Robert Downey Jr plays tony stark for the first time where yeah. it's like yes damn yes. the cadence that which you can deliver these lines and the quippiness and the way that you're handing it up you're owning every single scene that you're in to the point where yes. even 
when we when we talk about how um, Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe in this movie is on a hundred the whole time, and everybody else is like on at, at a lower level. When they have that face to face, and it's like you know he's like where is where is Spider Man and J Jonah Jameson is like oh I, I don't know like oh, like who, who's the guy that takes pictures and they're having that back and forth. The fact that J Jonah Jameson and Willem Dafoe are having that back and forth and both feeling like their own forces, it's so good. It's it's so it's amazing, so good. And even that line you were talking about, Andy, where like he goes down where he's right. like oh actually when it's when it's written it's libel the way he changes his energy to with to an energy that you yeah. don't see anywhere else throughout the movie he's like oh no actually here's a fun fact you know yeah. it's just like there are those two <laughs> moments and i think that moment is connected to the moment you're talking about blessing where listen say what you want about j jonah jameson like clearly he's scummy clearly he runs a tabloid clearly he j jonah jameson does not give up his sources yep. and he protects the reporters that work for him Love right it. The yep. Green Goblin says, where is this kid? The kid's in the fucking room. Yeah, he's right there. And that's, and that's the thing that I love that they got right about J. Jonah Jameson is like, he's a scumbag, but he's got his set of yeah. ethics. Like his thing is that he's good. He's good at his job, right? Like yeah. part of him being scummy and part of him being like, is he a, a hero or menace in having this obsession with Spider-Man? Is the fact that he's really good at making headlines and he's really good at his job. And so that comes down to even the morality aspects of it of, yeah, I'm not going to give up my source because, you know, that's not that's not how you do things here. Right. Like that is, yeah. that is not journalistic integrity. And so the thing is like, so Spider-Man and Peter Parker mean so many different things to so many different people. Like whether you like the 60s style, whether you like the ultimate run, like there's all this different stuff. So I understand there's debate between. Well, people that like Sam Raimi's trilogy more or the web or whatever in terms of the characterization. Nobody is questioning J. Jonah Jameson at J.K. Simmons. Nobody. They're just like, they nailed the, the, the character. There's a consistency to it. There's just like, it is, it doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie for how and damn good it is. I also need to point out, this is not the sequence of the libel slander thing, but it's a no, one I, I that's remember the most. That's later, yeah. yeah. That's later. But uh, we do see in this, in this one, this is where we meet. This is where we meet, well, Ted Raimi's there, first of all. Hi, Ted Raimi. Oh. Got to have Ted Raimi. Got to have if Ted. You got to have Ted Raimi if it's a Sam Raimi movie. But also, like, the whole thing of, like, J. Jonah Jameson having that same character that he has in the comics where it's like, he's never going to tell you you're hired. He's never going to tell yep. you he cares about you. He's never going to tell you your work is good. He just won't. He will tell you. He will let you know about the absence of bad. Like, I love that. Also, can I say one of the things that was criminally underused in this trilogy looking back we could have had so much more elizabeth banks as betty brant which is great we could have had so much more elizabeth banks as betty brant in these films holy shit that would have ruled and like a love triangle oh my god come on uh, i also want to give a shout out i forget if it was this scene or if there's one coming up but i, I think it was this one where peter's telling him the photos and you know he's like oh, i'll give you 200 dollars for him and peter's like uh, that seems kind of low, right? And, and Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson is like, okay, we'll take it somewhere else. And Peter gets up to walk out, and he's like, uh, come back here, sit down, and gives him the actual money. 300. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Robertson puts his hand up like, no, 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 he's telling you to leave, but don't leave. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I also want to point out, uh, Eddie's been on it for weeks. Yeah, I love that line. He just throws, he just slides that in there. It doesn't say Topher Eddie Brock. Grace is Eddie. out there somewhere. Right. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Topher Grace is doing so his uh, his that Tom Hardy show. web show out there that nobody knows about, and then when he's back on the scene, oh my god, Venom he's too. back in full effect. Man. <laughs> Fuck man, 
Topher um, so much. Never mind. We can't right now. But like, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> we will. We this, will. About two they weeks. set this up with, uh, uh, you know, they set him up as J. Jonah Jameson's like very sensational. He's like Spider Man, good or bad, and, and he's like, well, everyone thinks he's good, right? Nope. He's like, I need a picture of this guy. Puts it in the paper. Put it in the paper. I'll pay for it, right? Um, and then uh, we cut over to Peter, who spots MJ. Uh, or actually, he has this great line, which is, I, if he doesn't want to be famous, I'll make him infamous. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter spots MJ coming out of a cafe, and she lies to him about working there until Enrique just straight fucking blows up her spot. And she goes, some dream, honey. He goes, that's nothing to be embarrassed about. And she says, don't tell Harry. And he's like, well, why would I tell Harry? What are we talking about? She goes, we're going out. Didn't he tell you? And Peter uh, takes it in stride. He's like, oh, well, he thinks to himself, maybe one day I'll kill Harry's dad. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the ticket. Just the how just what the doctor works. First off, how does your boyfriend not know where you're working? Also, like being a waiter out of college, out of high school, like how is that kind weird? Of, I don't it's, know. it's no, it's not <laughs> weird. I mean, I did it. I moved to New York. No, that's what I'm I saying. It, like, how like, is that weird? Yeah, it's like, it's, that, yeah, that's the. It's well, well no, she's disappointed fair, in her. She's disappointed in herself because she thought she was going to move to the city and become big, like a lot of people in New York. Like, trust me, there's there's a lot of MJ's out there in the New, New York. York dream. Bless yeah. bless your heart. Bless all um, of them for, for the work that they're doing. And then number two, like, she she is attracted to not the best dudes. And we know that Harry Osborne is going to, is, wants to impress his dad, doesn't want to be dating a waitress. You know what I mean? Well, there was... Is there, also narcissistic and probably has not asked MJ very much about her life that she doesn't want to volunteer. There was a, a little bit of a moment, too, where she lets on that don't tell Harry because he'll try and, like talk her out of doing that or take care of her and she doesn't want that she just she's she wants to take care of herself which i respect for the character yeah for sure and and i also like uh i totally spaced i just got topher grace in my head get him out (laughs) (laughs) the the problem with having topher grace in your head is it's just a hop skip and a jump away from ashton kutcher and then it's like oh now my whole day and then then it's vilmer valderrama for a week and a half (laughs) god Uh, anyway on mtv Peter takes it. Peter heads home and tells Harry he just got fired from Dr. Connor's lab. And he's like, Peter, what the fuck are you doing all day? Why can't you do these things? And then Norman blows up Harry's spot about MJ and it gets super awkward. And Harry in tries another to do- lifetime. There was a fucking Sam Raimi, Kurt Connors. And you yeah. know, that's all Sam Raimi wanted to do. Oh, yeah. The, the oh, yeah. Three movies to build, man. Yeah. <laughs> One day. One day. Or the Spider-Man 3 video game, which does have Lizard as Dr. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry Not as many dance get... sequences as the movie, though. No. Harry tries games, to get his dad. I think, games, I think GameSpot hit it for that back in the day. I'd have to look <laughs> it up, but I think I think Tim, you could tell Tim Nick IGN took a couple points off of Spider Man Three for that, yeah, right? Not having dance sequences. Not enough dance sequences. Yeah. yeah. I would hope yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing wrong with that video game. Yeah. The DS yeah, any... version had a rhythm mini game, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it did. Oh, I wish it had a DS amazing. rhythm game of Harry and MJ cooking eggs and dancing. <laughs> Uh, Harry tries to get his dad to give Peter a job, but Peter's like, I want to make it on my own team. He's like, I respect that, Parker. What are the skills do you have? And he goes, I was thinking about some photography. And, of course, that's when he spots the ad in the paper for some pictures of Spider-Man. And he's like, I can get this done. Uh, he goes out and sets up a little cool little selfie camera. This is, of course, kids. This is before cell phones, right? This is before any of that technology. If you wanted a Once picture again, of yourself, you had to web it up to a lamp. digital cameras, though, Nick. Yeah, but it doesn't. you got to have the cool <laughs> – you know, you have to have that sound effect. Yeah. Uh, of course, he beats the hell out of everyone. And not one, not one of the pictures that he presents to J. Jonah Jameson is from this section of the movie. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all him flying 40 stories above the street. 
to which any rational human being would be like, you're clearly Spider-Man. There's no way. Are like, you flying with him? Or you can fly. <laughs> yeah, you're either Superman or Spider-Man. That's it. Those are the only two explanations. No, he's not Superman. We know that from later on in the movie. That's right. Well, that's right. well. I, love, I love the idea, too, that, like, could you imagine getting your ass beat and, like, you see flashes from a camera and you're like, what the fuck was that? And Spider-Man's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's cool. No. Be cool, guys. It's oh, cool. Man. But I do like, yeah, he's making all of the, he's making all of the thugs sign, like, appearance waivers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I do like, I feel like this sequence walked so the um, security photos in Batman and robin could run you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. do you remember when when bane and poison ivy are are in security photos from the airport and they're posing and they're like they're like beautiful glamour shots of them cracked me the fuck up and i feel like they got that gag from this movie they got something from it uh there's also a part i want to point out here is when he takes the last picture from himself he goes like he says something like smile but when he turns because he can't really see through the mask it's like it's just an awkward shot of him kind of like trying to mug for the camera a little mm-hmm. bit but anyway uh he goes over and he sells him to jane jonah amison which is, we already talked about the scene where he tries to get him down a few dollars they're like fine three hundred dollars uh then he goes out and he gets paid by elizabeth banks playing betty bryant uh love her in this she gives him the 300 Give us more. Brand, excuse me not bryant um she gives him the 300 smackaroos and he's like damn i just <laughs> sold myself out for 300 dollars welcome to life kid yeah. uh norman gives a presentation to the board who's like he's like listen guys this is how i used to think about money as kids this company but he gives this great presentation where it's like this is how a child would write this scene we're making lots of money and it's not costing us anything guys congratulations profits are up (laughs) expenditures are down i'm like cool i googled that that's all i know about business and i run finances for this company anyway they're like cool this is the perfect time to sell to quest aerospace your competitor they're looking for uh they're looking for some stuff we want to get the heck out of this and he's like but i built this company like yeah well you shouldn't have sold your equity in it that was your stupid idea jumped up on the table and ah." (laughs) uh the Uh, next day once again shout out to fucking jack betts in this scene just just sipping tea and like, like telling an Norman asshole. he's out in the way that somebody who's acted their whole life can. Uh, the next day at the Oscorp Unity Festival. Not May- the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. No, it is no, no, legally no. distinct. It is Macy Oscorp- Gray's Thanksgiving Parade. Yes. It is yeah, a it's, good job, oh, Eddie. it's a Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> Man. But not the Macy you expect. <laughs> it- Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Macy, Macy Gray. Gray. And can I, I tell you? Like, okay. Tim texted me about this. He's like, will you come do this? And I was like, can I tell you what, what the most offensive moment to me in almost any superhero film was for a long time in my life? And it was, ladies and gentlemen, Macy Gray. Mm-hmm. Just, this, just this fucking Sony corporate synergy ass thing where it's like, we can't pay to say that it's the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but we are going to give our recording artist three fucking shots in this movie and call her out by name and i remember seeing this in the theater and going because oh, it pulled me out of the reality of it oh, yeah. it just pulled me out but i'll say that 20 years later when fucking nobody knows who macy gray is and awesome. she's disappeared from the public eye this scene doesn't bother me anymore <laughs> it's it's, it's who very knows much who macy gray is she's just performing well, it's the same. It's similar to like the references to Superman, or which which is weird, obviously for obvious reasons. But also the reference they make to Julia Roberts. That was always the one I pointed as being like it's kind of a little bit world breaking because it draws you back into the real world, right? And it it does. I, I don't like that as much. I like to stay in the fantasy realm. You could have you could have used any you like 
you could have used like Felicia Hardy or something yes, like that. You, you know you what I mean? Put somebody in universe builds. who's rich and famous. Exactly. It's, it not, it's Macy Gray. We don't want to say official Macy Day's, uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or whatever. But here's a lot of nondescript IPs of balloons floating. Yeah. You don't know what cartoons they're from. Yeah. You don't know what shows these things are in. But these mm -hmm. exist in this world. You know, and I, I could see them not wanting to make it the Macy's Parade because that automatically makes you think those balloons should be licensed too. Yeah, yeah, we're Snoopy. right because if it's the Macy's where's Day Woodstock? Parade, it's like, yeah, where's where's Where fucking peanuts? Snoopy? Where the yeah, fuck is uh, Snoopy? Bring yeah. me Snoopy. Uh, uh, Peter takes pictures and spots Harry and MJ on the balcony high above them. Harry gives MJ shit for wearing the wrong dress, and she denies. Yeah, she him wore a kiss. the culturally appropriative one instead of the black one. Yeah, I just want to say I want to apologize to anybody who's 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 a youth or younger than we were, Y2K was a strange time. And there was a lot of what they, there was a lot of what we used to call Orientalism going on. And we apologize for it. We apologize for everybody walking around in what we called Kung Fu shirts. Okay. Fair we're, enough. we're sorry. We're <laughs> sorry for this. And we're sorry for the dress that Kirsten Dunst is wearing. She is not Asian. We apologize for the kimono. Atrocious. She should have worn the black dress. This is the one time where Harry's right. <laughs> wow. wow we might not like his approach but we do like where he landed yeah uh harry spots uh let's see sees them but but harry spots peter downstairs he's like oh no i've got no time to worry about that because spy my spider sense is a tingling uh peter looks over and over in the sky what do we see goblin flying in the distance to stop singing as the glider <laughs> flies overhead uh and goblin just goes right into us starts throwing pumpkin bombs everywhere and takes the Can balcony I ask down you is the implication of this scene that P that Harry and MJ have never kissed? Because no. go he goes to kiss her and she turns away, and it's no, like I think she was just like "fuck you," like why the why yeah. what the fuck like why like, fuck you in that moment? It was because like a black he, dress he, thing. Well, yeah, because he was like, yeah. "You should." I wanted you to wear the black dress because it's but my I feel dad's like that's favorite color. Everything that Harry says to her, do they never kiss? I don't know. I mean, it just, you're it's, it's weird to me. Yeah, I just I I read it as. She was like, "This guy's a piece of shit." Like, I'm not, I, I'm not giving him a kiss for this. this and also, annoying. like, if you're if if you're Harry upstairs and you you see Peter downstairs and Peter is downstairs and he sees Harry upstairs, like, not even a no, no. nothing like that. that. I That's did why... not clock you. This did not happen. Let's go inside. Again, another Harry's moment a, Harry's where a wimp. Here's, he's the worst friend to have. Like, yeah. he is. I couldn't imagine being friends with this man. That's why Such there's a, a moment where you think to yourself, if that happened to you, you would just mouth, I'm going to kill your dad. I'm kill your dad. I can't <laughs> wait yeah. for three. I can't wait to talk can't about wait. Harry in three. Uh, oh, that's the amnesia episode, right? That's yeah. the best part. <laughs> God, I totally forgot about the that. He's like, so uh, good. So good. <laughs> I love I've that the goblin flies before. up. I love that the goblin flies up, and we literally cut to Macy Gray to see how she reacts to the goblin. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, the goblin what throws some Gray bombs think? that apparently can disintegrate you into skeletons. Oh my god, well, this effect. How do you see Sam Raimi quest shit. diagnostics or whatever, the people that give you your flu shot or your blood tests, right. Oh, they, all they've got is the pod That's... from inner space. Fucking... Norman Osborn can disintegrate you into a skeleton. It's ridiculous. I Many cannot of wait. You. I, Many I cannot of you. wait for Spider-Man No Way Home for him to show up with these grenades because I swear <laughs> to God, like if somebody doesn't see this and go, uh, this guy might be a bigger threat than Thanos, then I don't know what they're yeah, doing in this movie. Exactly. That is incredible. Uh, we see a quick cameo here of Stan Lee. Shout out Stan Lee, of course. Uh, as Peter swings into action and as like he's he starts to run and he does the Superman thing, which I gotta lie, works. I'm not gonna lie, it works for me. 
when he, real he, good. he just pulls it open oh. and you see instead of Superman, you see the 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 Spider-Man on his chest. Uh, and then he swings into action. He knocks Glide, uh, Goblin on his ass. Uh, this and stupid set Billy. piece is still good. Oh, I love it. I, lo- I like it's this. I like this whole good. scene. Uh, of course, that they, I can stand with that. I think this parade scene is 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 pretty bad. Okay, for many, but imagine anyway, no Macy elected. Gray. <laughs> there is that, there, but there is Macy Gray. I think there's just too many elements at play that are just goofy and weird, and that take me out of it. Especially like with how bad the goblin suit looks, and it's just being in broad daylight and the way that it's all kind of going around. I don't know. I I am not. You are not, you're slandering James Atchison in my house. I love I love this fucking goblin suit. I really do. It's very of the time. They wouldn't do it again. But I remembered hating it when it first came out. I remember uh, Alex Ross famously came out and he was like, here are the designs that I gave them for the Spider-Man movie and they didn't use them. And I don't know why I'm Alex fucking Ross. And I remember he just drew like a realistic. Now, that's not a flattering shot of the Green Goblin. But this this <laughs> is a shot that they chose to show for way too the, long. The, booty, the infamous booty shot. It's, I do, you know, I, I do like the way this goblin looks. I like that you occasionally can see, depending on how they light it, you can see Norman's mouth. mouth I love yeah. that like the thing pops up and you can see his eyes in there sometimes. So you get like. It's you very like Power the, Rangers. It's very it Power Rangers Power the Rangers. movie. Yeah. And I I wish they did a bit more to kind of break up the coloration of the suit. I don't I don't hate the suit. The thing I don't love about the sequence is like I cannot get my mind off of knowing that a lot of these are just shot on a set and the lighting is fake and it just oh, yeah. it takes me out yeah. of it. Like you see the city shots and yes that's a city that's an actual city street with a lot of people. But then they cut to let's try to emulate the lighting from those city shots. And it just feels really some of the compositing is off for sure. Some of the compositing is off for sure. But I love I love the idea of this bouncing on balloons. And it's like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I think I think this and something that has always occurred to me as kind of like, oh, the effects in this were really good and really thoughtful is when the goblin goblin flies up. He does this thing where he runs his hand along the side of one of the balloons Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah. he flies in and he's like, yeah, I'm up here with the balloons and I'm unhinged and I'm time. having a great time. Having a great and he time. like, he just fucking does this like contextual animation thing where it's like, here I am. And I just, I don't know. I love it. I love it. Also, it. it reminds me of a uh, jingle all the way to this whole, oh, this yeah, whole scene. specifically just, like the parade. Great thing to say. I don't know if that's a good, I don't know. Sam Raimi did, like, Sam way, but, did name check jingle uh, all the way. Yeah. The suit of very like, turbo man. Yes. So I, I hope that we see uh, to Andy's point about the, the color blocking of it being very, very green and very nineties power Rangers. I hope that in, in, when we see him in no way home, that there's some purple element, like, like the tattered cape or something. Maya's Rubio does not fuck around and she does not, miss i'm sure she's got a goblin suit that you're gonna fucking love hell yeah you know? uh this scene ends with mj uh falling almost to her death and spider-man dives after her saving her inches from the ground they swing across town and mj kind of digs it she's like oh okay and then he drops her off at a real pretty roof garden and she says wait who are you and he goes you know who i am it's peter Peter from next door. You can't tell by my voice. I sound exactly the same. She's like, oh, fuck, Peter. That's right. I totally forgot. You do sound like Peter. No. He says to her, that's not what he really says. You really want to know who I am? You really want to know who I am? <laughs> if you don't, I understand. <laughs> this roof. My story is not for the faint of heart. This roof is the same roof from uh, John Wick 3, I think. Yep. This the, is a very famous roof garden. Yeah. It's a very famous roof garden in New York. It's very, very wealthy people. Very uh, wealthy people live there. No, Peter does in fact say that. He says, uh, you know who I am. I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, right? Or something like that. Yo, yeah. can we please 
Also, give credit where credit is due to this movie doing the woo and Peter having fun swinging on webs never happened before this movie. That Fair was enough. something they created for this film. And I think it was such a good choice to the point where everybody does it now. Like Tom Holland still does it. Peter doesn't swing without being like, swinging is fun. Yeah. That's Are you cool. kidding me? I just watched my, my in the comics, though. The- in the comics, sure. in the comics, he does a lot of like you, you there's like a word bubble or there's like a, a narration bubble. It's like, this is the only time I have fun. This is when I feel the most free. This is when I feel the most like myself swinging. And in the movies, they distilled that down into yee fucking ha. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> uh, let's see. MJ calls Harry and tells him all about uh, her, her adventures with Spider-Man. She's like, he's pretty incredible. And Harry's a little insecure about it. And, and Peter's like, yeah, no, you do. I'm going to kill your dad a little bit. Uh, and then Harry finally <laughs> comes clean to Peter. And he's like, you know, man, you just never made a move. And Peter's like, dude. So and then the next morning. Why are you up? friends with this person? <laughs> Listen, this guy's a piece of shit. Here's well, the I'll thing tell you why he's say, 20 years later. We know that you can't call dibs on someone you have feelings for. We know that. It's up to the other person as well. But also, like, we know what your motivation is, Harry Osborne. (laughs) You're not a very deep person. No. Don't be a dick. I will say this. You see this scene and you think on the offset, Peter's clearly the victim here, right? Mm -hmm. But also, Peter has a dope pad. And you know that Harry's paying for that dope pad. So it is sort of a quid pro quo, right? We get a spot where Harry's like, I need you to help me out with my bio, my science homework. But and Peter's like, cool. that's what the Osbournes do, right? Is they trap you in these, they trap you in these gilded cages, but right? Peter accepted. For a guy that, I'm just saying, for a guy that's like, I want to get everywhere on my own steam, this place is like, Five thousand dollars a month. Of that rent is true. Upper man. That is right? true. I he won't clearly, and he has no room. It's not like he's Just sharing a room. Rent. Yeah, dude. I'm kidding. <laughs> and he, apparently, he's got a car too because he took that three thousand dollars off that duty fucking straight murder. I don't one. believe he did that, Nicholas. He killed him. He I killed that he man. That's the thing that haunts him. That and the panda. That's okay. the two things he's well, gonna. Okay. I remember when he goes to bed. <laughs> that's not what happened, and and <laughs> I believe it. We are we are at the scene. We're like. Uh, I believe in this scene. Where are we at? Okay, so he's I like, you never made in, I believe in Willem Dafoe, and I believe that it was. I believe that it was brave. Oh, here we are. Here we are. It was here brave we of Sam Raimi are. not to cut away. Of course, okay, you that are. was a directorial choice, and that was a Willem Dafoe choice because they do cut back and forth between mm-hmm. the Goblin and Norman later on in this very scene. Yeah. But when they're establishing it. Holy shit, the physicality work that Willem Dafoe is doing, where he does like the goblin walks one way and Norman walks the other way, and the fucking handoff of the mm-hmm. newspaper between Norman and the goblin. And like, dude, I don't care if it, maybe it's a little heightened even compared to the rest of this movie, but fuck, it's so good. Mm-hmm. I love Willem Dafoe in this movie. I fucking love I him love, as the guy. I love him for his commitment to this. Yes. But this scene, I have to disagree with you, is the worst shot scene well, you've in been this wrong entire before. movie. <laughs> this is like how I used to act in high school when I thought I, I was like, I'm going to be in a play. And no, that's like, how you, you thought shouldn't. it looked when you were acting in high school. <laughs> oh, my God. It's that so was Willem Dafoe bad. doing what you thought you were doing back then. What, what, what this, so I, I, get a lot of, I get a lot of Jim Carrey 90s overacting yeah. vibe in here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's awful, uh, but it's, it, awful. it's definitely heightened uh, compared to a lot of the let's just call it nuance of toby mcguire <laughs> you mean sure. you mean boredom of toby mcguire 
love it. I just wish there was more consistency with the yes. character. And I mean, this is a theme. This is a theme that Sam Raimi loves. We'll see it again in Spider-Man Two. There is a voice talking to Otto as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like Sam Raimi really loves this idea of personifying people's inner demons, and it comes from like his horror background. And I just, I do love Willem Dafoe being like, oh yeah, 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 like Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway. Like, I get what you're, I get what you're going for. I can do this. I can do this. I, I think it's cool. I think you're, I think you're right that like. I think you're all correct in that maybe it's a slightly different energy than the rest of the movie, but I fucking don't <laughs> slightly. Care. I don't care slightly. This I'll is give the you equivalent. Slightly. This is the equivalent to your friend being like, "We're gonna go fucking get hammered tonight," and you're just in your pajamas, and you're like, "I'm not. I don't want to do what you just said." Uh, Goblin, of course. This the whole point of the scene is Goblin's like, "Listen, there's only one person in this whole world that can stop you, and it's a spider character that we've encountered one time. You got to go." He's like, "You can't beat him. Get him to join you." And he's like, mm-hmm. "Good idea." The next day, of course. We get what I would assume as bad as this scene is, this next scene, polar opposite of my book. Again, when you want to talk about turning corners, J. Jonah Jameson throws the cigar out the window. The cigar comes back on there and then everything explodes and Spider-Man immediately shows up. So you're like, okay, well, this guy was here. He's one of these people, right? And Mm -hmm. then he's like, he's like, quiet, mom and dad are talking, which I think is a funny line. That's a great line. And then Goblin goes, sleep. (laughs) <laughs> okay, sleeping gas sucks. This, this sucks. You couldn't have just had. I mean, look, they spent 130 million dollars. They clearly spent all the money they had to spend. You couldn't have the goblin just fucking punch him out yeah. or knock him out. It has to be sleep. I love it. This is like too. a lot of sleep. like maybe a couple of sleep darts with a cool scene of him like batting of like Toby batting them away and then finally gets one in the back and then like kind of starts. Yeah. I don't know. This just... was a little too old Hollywood for me. This was too old villain for me. And this is yeah. one of the this is one of the Ramiisms where I'm like, mm, I don't like this. Uh, uh, but I, I will say that when Spider-Man wake because it's one of the logical things is Spider-Man wakes up immediately afterwards on this rooftop and you're like, why didn't he take Spider-Man's mask off immediately? Yeah, why and I will say, I think it is because Norman and the Goblin are two different people. Like, they just established that in that last scene. And I think the Goblin feels like he's dealing with the spider. Yeah. And that's the way I've yeah. always rationalized it in my head. Is It doesn't matter who's in the mask, because I've got a guy that's under this mask and he's not in control. I'm talking to the one who calls the shots. Right. That's the way I've always rationalized it for anybody yeah. else who's I don't, been trying I don't to rationalize because like there's nothing about learning i mean not that he knows there's nothing about his identity that would help him out right like what does he give a fuck about who's under the mask well except for the second he side. learns about his identity it becomes yeah. like the focus of his plan so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like up to that point there's no reason for yeah. that. I also just, at that point I, I also just want to really point out the back and forth it's one of my back favorite back and forths of the movie you know you and i are a lot alike yeah i'm not like you you're a murderer to each his own, you know? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> part of me, part of me wish. A little, a little pat on the head that he gives him. The yeah. condescending fucking head pat. Yeah. The elements of this scene are awesome, but it's just like, it just comes it's off so as bad. goofy. Hey, the only person who commits to a New York accent in this movie? Willem Dafoe Willem as Dafoe. the goblin. Only yeah. as the goblin. Mm, it is, we've, we've railed on this a lot, but we do have to bring it up. The, the fact that they are, what are you laughing at, Andy? You're looking at that thing in assets? What is it? I can't. Hold on. Barrett, I know we're going so long on this show, guys. But we're, Barrett, can you please bring up what Snow Mike Mike put into assets? Joey it put is, it into assets. No, the Snow Mike, Mike one before Mike. that. It, it's even better. I. Uh, 
Oh, no. oh, no. What are we? Where are you looking Don't at? watch it yet. Everyone, we're going to watch it together when Barrett brings gonna it up. They're going to get claimed on that, though. No, no, it's... no. Don't put the music one up. Do we need to watch, should we watch the original first? No. <laughs> the original is the only one we need to watch because we don't need audio for this. It's just the it's purely just the visuals. visuals. Oh, my God. This is something that we heard about this morning. Uh, Kevin Coelho is setting up the shot for us to react to the Uncharted movie reactions. And Tim is like, yeah, set up the shot for four people. And, and Kevin's like, I'm going to be a while. Uh, give me some time because I I fell earlier oh, and it, it took it it was a real hard fall and we shouldn't laugh at this but God damn it is so violent <laughs> <laughs> so please so Kevin posted this and obviously we can watch <laughs> oh oh woof <laughs> oh no oh, poor God. God. It's, it is so bad. That is such a an audio. Is it possible to sorry, watch it with is, sound? Because like the that's sound a tough makes one. it for me. It's such a violent fall. Like, oh. it, it, he hit his shoulder real hard on that side. Yeah, that, dude, that his, his hip is gonna hurt for weeks. He sounded very disoriented on the call, just being like, "I'm out of it, dude." Like, I, it was a hard <laughs> oh, fall. Oh Ooh. fuck, dude. Holy That's one of those ones. Fuck. Like, you can see if if you go if you go frame by frame enhanced, you can see. That's one of those falls where the foot slips first, and so yeah. it pulls your it pulls your calf, and then you can feel it in your thigh, and you feel it all the way up your side. That's oh, gonna last yeah. for at least three weeks. <laughs> admittedly, yeah. admittedly, like watching this, it's a lot less funny than watching the versions that people are editing on Twitter yes. with with like oh, yeah. freaking Gwen Stefani. With music Gwen Stefani's, that's my shit. Yeah, that was. Oh. I, it was funny as I saw it at first. I didn't realize it was Kevin, so I was like, oh, I was laughing at it. Now I'm like, oh god, Kevin's gonna. He might make. have some internal bleeding on that one. Yeah. Anyway, he's okay. He's okay. He walked it off. He's yeah, a champion. He posted maybe, a video. <laughs> maybe, maybe now Kevin won't run all the time everywhere. Back to Spider Man. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, uh, let's see. Goblin talks to Spider in the roof. They're kind of piling around. It's very, uh, it's a very strange scene because you can't see their mouths moving, and it's it feels like really it feels like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers here to me. It um, does. But I re- once again I respect Willem Dafoe's body language acting in this in this scene. I do respect it. It's a, it's, it's heightened. Like once again, it's exaggerated, but he's doing a lot where he's like leaning and he's, I don't know. I don't know. He's got a pretty good handle on it. I think. Uh, Goblin leaves Peter to ponder his words. He's like, in spite of everything uh, you've done for them, eventually they'll hate you. And Peter's like, oh, okay. Uh, they actually kind of hate me now. Peter stops by MJ's place to find out how her audition went. Uh, and he offers to buy her a cheeseburger. But she's like, I actually have a date with my boyfriend later. And it's weird that you just took two buses so and a train to get into weird, my town. Dude. But uh, she also kind of goes like, are you interested? Yes, it's weird. This want? whole scene is is poorly written because bad there's, writing for MJ. Bad writing point, for MJ. There's just zero indication that MJ is into Peter at all, other than friends. And at this point, they're like, we got, we have to figure out a way for her to be into him because that's the whole point of this. And and what about in the work. worst way possible? Yeah, it's pretty where bad. she's talking about her boyfriend, but also winking. Right. Like, it was, like this was not this was not a cool yeah. treatment of MJ at all. Then she says, I better run, Tiger. And I like that they, they kept with the tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts to rain, and Peter spots some sketchy-looking people walking after MJ. He's like, I better go safer. They chase her down into an alleyway. But thankfully, Spider-Man drops in without his mask, I might add, because he didn't have time to put it on. Uh, so he beats He didn't have time to look us guys. directly in the eye. Right. <laughs> he can't finish putting his costume on unless we look him directly in the eye. Um, <laughs> but, I, okay, so this scene, this is this is the scene that, to me, is kind of the all of the problems that we're talking about that have aged poorly. Um, even though this is a very iconic scene and there are bits about it that I love, 
this is the nerd I'm gonna save her power fantasy. Yes. Aspect mm -hmm. of it. I, she's never noticed me and I'm a nerd, but I've always been there for her and I'm going to save her life and she's mm -hmm. going to notice and she's me. finally going to love me. Yeah. And, and it's really, it's, it particularly comes off weird where it's all of a sudden starts raining and she has to be in a wet t-shirt. Like the, like the weird nerd power fantasy male gaziness of this scene over the last 20 years has, has not aged well at all. Kiss is still dope, though. The kiss is still kiss one of the best so things that's ever happened. It deserved that win. Yeah. MTV Movie Awards for best kiss. I'm telling you what. It's it's I and I I will say at least the fight choreography and the way this is shot I like because he's sort of like yeah. bathed in shadows the entire time. Well, iconic yeah, Hollywood moment. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. but I agree with you. Uh, but all anyway. of MJ's motivations and all of him his motivations are totally off. Yeah, they're very oh, outdated. Yeah. Spidey swings down. Uh, oh, then we get to, uh, MJ takes. Do we get the kiss? Spidey swings down to save a baby from a burning building the next day, but the cops are like, oh my God, there's Spider-Man. Let's go arrest him. And then they hear a scream upstairs and he goes, I'm going. And he goes, I'll be here when you get back. He goes, I'm not coming back, chief. And the cops are like, you're not getting the subtext of this. Just go save the baby. Uh, I but fucking love this corny ass moment. It rules. <laughs> this Sam Raimi horror movie shit where she turns around and instead of the revealing of an old witch like it would be in a horror movie, mm -hmm. he uses this exact thing and drag me to hell. He uses it in Evil Dead. This is a Raimi fucking horror scene special. I'm sure Nick Scarpino, you noticed it. It's it's, it's the goblin screaming at you and I love it to love death. It. Love. <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway. Uh <laughs> Is the implicate is the implication okay? So the goblin set the building on fire. The goblin set the like building on lady? fire. The goblin set the building on fire because he's like, "You're so predictable." Sleep, right? Sleep. He's like, "You're so predictable." Uh, we never like, get this in the MCU. We'd obviously no. never get this now. But as a, it's just these two dudes existing in a back in a in a vacuum in this weird New York that they've created. It's fun as hell. Uh, Peter, of course, they, they get, he's like, what about my offer? He's like, no, thank you, Goblin. And Goblin throws some knife bombs at him, one of which cuts his arm. Uh, and Peter uses the chaos to escape later. Norman they don't really focus on the cut on the arm, though, because I don't think it's going to be important later. Yeah, so they don't, don't really no. they don't really show you. No, much no, of the it's cut very, <laughs> very. You blink, you miss it. Right. You yeah. blink, you miss it on this one. Yeah. Of course. Then uh, we cut right back over to not Peter, but Norman as he's coming out of his trance. Doing the eyeball thing. Uh, uh, where have I been the entire time? As Keep he's going state. to Thanksgiving yeah. dinner at Harry's house that Aunt May uh, has prepared for all of them. Uh, Peter comes home and hides on the ceiling upstairs, like the scene where, like, is Peter there? And everyone gets like, they go rush out to see what's going on upstairs. And it's like, dude, maybe he's in his fucking room. Like, give him some a little bit of privacy. But then, of course, Peter leaks ketchup all over the ground, and 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 uh, it really was ketchup. Norman's like, I know what's that. that uh, up yeah, here. that was not blood. That was not blood no. whatsoever. Not, not in any world was that blood. Uh, <laughs> I want to say Norman just just sexually snarling at MJ all yeah. throughout this whole thing is, is weird and good weird. because because that's Norman. And but also, the what about the goblin power that lets you hear a single droplet of liquid fall to the <laughs> ground? <laughs> It's it's not only it's not only this the the look at an MJ it's also just the way he leers at Aunt May and, and like it, he just it, hates like, Aunt May and does anybody <sighs> like this man is acting weird man <laughs> when you, yeah, him, him putting like, his hand in the food and Aunt May being like uh yeah and he like looks such like a good fucking moment where you're just uh, but you're just like he goes to stick his finger in the food and she does that little like tap like he's a the child tap. and he looks at her. 
and I'm Nick, gonna pull out your insides. Yeah, Nick <laughs> understands. This is what Nick thinks every character's subtext is at all times. I will kill you. Okay, I'll kill your dad. I will kill your father. Uh, then, of course, uh, Peter's arm starts bleeding, and Ant's like, "Oh, what happened?" He was like, "I got hit by a bike messenger." But Norman's like, "Fuck that!" Coupled with the singular drop of blood that I found upstairs, leads me to believe you are Spider-Man. What so the he hell? Bolts. It's a very weird jump in logic, but hey, this movie's long. Uh, it's it's, it's cut exactly the same cut, place, yeah. though. He remembers where he cut Spider-Man at the, yeah, I believe the that. building. Mm-hmm. A single it's drop very is weird. Convenient, but, you know, the single convenient. drop of blood, I think, is, you know, it, it's a bit much. But I think the, the cut being like, oh, yeah, I gave. Didn't I just give a guy that cut five minutes ago? I, I, I can see it. But it, yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, Harry rushes after his dad. He's like, listen, I put this whole thing together so you could uh, meet MJ. And his dad's like, do what you got to do. They're all the same. She's just out for your money. Do what you got to do and then th- and cast her aside. But he says it in a really creepy manner that I didn't write down here. Like, just finish sowing your wild oats or whatever. But Harry's like, hey, that's my girlfriend you're talking about. Like, don't talk about her like that. And then he's like, just get, just get rid of her, man. And then goes down the elevator. Then when he comes back in, MJ's like, thanks for sticking up for me. And Harry's like, what? <laughs> Like I did, I said to my dad. Then he's like, "She's like your dad's a creep." He's like, "Don't talk about my dad that way." And I'm like, all right, Harry's very conflicted here in this scene and not really uh, getting his thought across. Um, and then Norman gets on his hands and knees to crawl after the goblin and tells him to attack Peter. He's like, "You got to attack Peter where it counts." And Peter's like, "Oh, uh, he's like, where's that?" He goes, "In the heart. You got to attack his heart first and foremost." So we cut over to Aunt May. So he like, stabs Spider Man in the heart. He could have just killed Spider Man. <laughs> It's very weird. But of course, he's like, who does, who does Peter Parker love most? Aunt May. And she's like, Hail Mary, full grace, Lord's with thee. <laughs> yeah. Yada, yada. No, this and then, owns. How does this not the own? Whole Goblin world. flying in and going, finish it. <laughs> finish <laughs> the <laughs> Lord's <laughs> prayer. <laughs> finish the Lord's prayer. Blah. I fucking love it, dude. Do no you all much. not love this scene? No, look, here's the thing. I, I would love the scene if there was a lot more buildup and if this was maybe in the third movie where we understand the Goblin more and we're more uh, acquainted with Aunt May and stuff. This just seems so drastic of a leap <laughs> to go from the Goblin that scenes hey, ago we hey. saw go, Rah! like it's Tim, just so fucking Tim, crazy. How is this a jump? He vaporized people into skeletons. He's a bad <laughs> Was three Dude. scenes ago. There, I, I really just wanted more okay. consistency. Two with scenes Goblin, ago, man. two scenes ago, he pretended to be an old witch, and exactly. then a scene ago, and so then a good. scene ago, he nearly murdered an old woman at Thanksgiving dinner. This is a bad dude who's losing it. I believe the fucking ramp up of this. Uh, Peter <laughs> also, I love Sam Raimi, and I love horror tropes. And this finish it. Peter rushes to the hospital, but all Aunt May can talk about it is those horrible yellow eyes. And Peter figures out, oh, no, Goblin must know who I am. Because <laughs> that makes sense. So he rushes out to warn Harry and MJ. Oh, no, wait, he doesn't. He just kind of sits next to Aunt May all night. And then MJ heads over the next morning. Uh, and Peter tells – and she tells Peter that she has a crush on Spider-Man. He goes, oh, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and no. Peter takes the opportunity to tell MJ. And he's just like, well, he's like, I kind of know that guy a little bit. She's like, oh, really? Has he ever brought me up? And, and Peter goes, yeah. 
actually we talk about we talked about you one time she said what'd you say he goes well i said that when uh you look into mj's eyes she's looking back into yours everything feels not quite normal but you feel stronger and weaker at the same time you feel excited at the same time and terrified you feel warm and cold you feel kind of like you're hungry but you don't want to eat anymore you feel kind of like that part where you borrow andy's popcorn in the movie theater you're like i don't even want this popcorn so you just throw most of it on the ground the truth is you don't know what you feel except you know what kind of man you want to be it's as if you've reached the unreachable and you weren't ready for it hey peter that's a little intense that's weird (laughs) you gotta back that up peter i'm gonna i'm gonna say read the read the room here bud and this is a little intense peter you're also crying (laughs) it's so weird it's so extra it's weird i i will the this 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 scene does give us one of the things that I really like that is a Spider-Man trope, and this is the first time we see it, which is Aunt May knows all. Aunt May knows everything about Peter. Aunt May knows that Peter is Spider-Man from the moment he's Spider-Man, right? Like, that's right. something that's always been implied in the comics. And so the fact that we get this Aunt May who's like, oh, I'm out of my coma. Well, it's not really about me right now. Like, it's right. <laughs> so Aunt May. I love it. <laughs> Aunt May, I'm not going to come out of my coma and ruin Peter's day. But then we get another, we get another fun scene here where, listen, if I walked in and I saw my girlfriend or, or the woman that I was dating, right, mm-hmm. sitting across from probably like one of her childhood friends, holding his hand because the only mother figure dying? he has in his life just almost got exploded, I would think, oh, my this this woman I'm dating is just comforting my friend. But Harry have, immediately but you goes have empathy. Yeah, exactly. But Harry immediately goes, she likes Peter now. Yeah. <laughs> it's she so likes- fucking weird. So he goes home and says, Dad, you were right. Hey, Dad, you were right. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> She's super into Peter now. I'll be you forever. And he's like, and he's like, son, I'm sorry I haven't always been there for you. Let's go kill him together. Don't worry, son. I'll get that little fucker for you. Now and then- I do, I mean, the I will say. Franco in this scene is is pretty good because he gets that validation that he always wanted from his mm-hmm. dad and he doesn't know where the validation is coming from. Right. Right. It's and so you do get that thing where they hug and he's like, he's like crying. And I'm just like, I feel for like Harry's the shittiest dude. Well, he's actually the second shittiest dude. Right. He's hugging the shittiest dude. And so I feel sorry for Harry in this moment. And this movie does make you does do a good job of letting you know everybody's motivations throughout the whole thing. I also like that Norman is like so disheveled at this point like his his one sleeve isn't even rolled up it's just kind of tucked up mm-hmm. like did y'all notice that it's like yeah. really strangely like tucked up into himself he's coming and, a part of the seams for sure yeah and harry's not like dad are you cool i keep finding you on the floor <laughs> like in various states <laughs> of you undress you're always sweaty <laughs> like is that okay <laughs> what's this green goblins that you have uh, Aunt May tells Peter to go home and rest. She says, "Quote: You're not Superman, you know." And he's like, "Oh, I know, because he doesn't exist in this universe, Aunt May." Uh, but I and, do. And- I his nervous laughter to that line, though, is maybe one of the most natural reactions Toby has in this whole movie, where she goes, "You're not Superman," and he he does that laugh of like, <laughs> like. Oh, you don't fucking know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's actually a very real moment. And I was like, damn, Toby Maguire pulling that joke out of the dumpster. Uh, so he calls MJ and he's like, uh, and he gets her answer machine. He's like, oh man, remember answering machines? Those were so fun, right? You could leave super long messages and it'd be hilarious. Like, well, I don't know who's going to hear this, Tim. Uh, but Goblin answers and laughs. He says, can't now, Spider-Man that's not how come out to play? Works. <laughs> the voice mess? No, it was a voice machine. Oh, it was she was using she was using a tiny tape. 
She had a tiny. Oh, she tape didn't and an have. They machine. didn't have. No one had cell phones here. They didn't have like this. It wasn't an outgoing. I imagine this was her home voice machine or or wherever she was in her apartment. It was like you know what? Wait for the beep. Boop. That's so true. I like even Norman and Harry don't have cell phones. No one has cell phones. I didn't even think about. That's that. why he was able to pick up the phone and be like, "Can Spider Man come out and play?" Because he, he inter he interrupts the voice. Yeah. Yeah, the they only rather. speak through messages written in newspapers. Exactly. The, the, Carbone, <laughs> like you any good movie. Carbone, you mentioned this is Raimi's sort of timeless New York. And yeah. I, I, like they're, the technology, like where's his digital camera? Well, those don't exist. But Macy right. Gray's here. Keep that in mind. Macy Gray. Mm. Macy Gray is there in 2001. Timeless. Macy Gray is timeless. timeless. <laughs> timeless. She sure is. She sure the is. The timeless hits of Macy Gray. Uh, I do want to call out uh, during this scene, there's that thing where like uh, Aunt May is talking about MJ to Peter. And it's like, do you remember you said Aunt May? Are you an angel? And I was like, no, no, no. Anakin Skywalker tried this and it yeah. didn't play then. It mm. does not play now. Nope. No six-year-old says that. That's weird. Um, she an angel? That's, oh, you know. This kid's going to kill squirrels. Yeah. It was, <laughs> uh, it's a little heightened. little heightened, Sam Raimi. But I still, but I still love it. So we cut over from can Spider-Man come out to play to sleep and sleep. MJ wakes up on top of the Brooklyn Bridge or one of the bridges in New York. I don't know. Don't go at me on this one. I don't know what fucking bridge this now was. Now this... We talked about this, and I don't know if this is squandering a Gwen Stacy comic book moment, or if this is, because remember, like, as far as Sam Raimi thought, like, I believe he didn't know that Gwen Stacy was going to show up in Spider-Man 3. I believe Spider-Man 3 was a surprise to everyone the entire time. I wouldn't be shocked if it was totally improv on the spot. What I would say is, it (laughs) seems like Sam Raimi chose MJ for a reason we are in a, like a post Gwen Stacy era. And so I don't know if he thought of this as squandering a Gwen Stacy moment, or if he thought of it as comic book fans are going to see this and they think they're, they think they know what's going to happen and I'm going to play on that. So the scene has more suspense for those people, right? Because I if think you're that's comic- exactly what happened. I just don't think it was good. It's like, yeah. uh, like I, it doesn't need to be Gwen that's in the situation. I just think that, like, to, to Nick's point in the, the last review, it's just like there needs to be the stakes of it or else it's not really making a decision. He's not really being a hero. It's kind of just like, oh, but I, but I, dis- but I disagree with the either or dichotomy here. Like, he has to choose one and that's what makes him a hero. Like, Because we see it, I mean, we see it in every Spider-Man movie since, and we see it in a lot of Spider-Man stories. It's like, Spider-Man, you, you, both of these people are going to die. And he goes, and Peter Parker says, no, I can't let that happen. Nobody dies on my watch. I'm Peter Parker. Like, I'm going to figure this out. There are so many Spider-Man moments where he saves both. And just because in the comic, in this moment, that doesn't happen... I don't think that makes this a bad moment. I think the fact that he saves both, this is the scene where we're supposed to go, now he's Spider-Man. Now yeah. he's Spider-Man because he's I, not limited in that way. I also don't know if we need kind of that big moment of grief this early. We or, don't. Or, we absolutely yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. Like this I shouldn't just, have been in I this movie is my, my Spider-Man thought. walked so the dark Knight could run in this scene. That's yes. all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And I do love the shot that we get where islands shows a different consequence is such a rainy shot like it's impossible oh, the two different the two different you can't things, be yeah. looking forward and looking at the boat <laughs> and looking at her falling underneath you great though. but it works because it's so dramatic and comic booky and i fucking love it 
now you like that we see goblin kind of setting up the trap too of mm-hmm. like yeah. the, the different things to hang it's like that that's yeah. a fun little everything's touch. hanging from something the goblin has a lot of just stuff hanging about one of us you messed with uh, all uh, of thank you andy Thank you, mm-hmm. because a lot of people, you guys are talking about the scene like it's important, and you're you're missing the point of this scene. It has nothing to do with the duality of Spider-Man. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. whether or not he should, he, can he be Peter Parker and Spider-Man? Can they both exist at the same time, or does he have to choose between them? This scene, all this whole movie, in my opinion, is just a buildup to this one part where New Yorkers all come out with their lead pipes and start throwing them at Goblin. <laughs> because apparently when you go to New York, I've never lived there, Anthony, maybe you have, but apparently yeah. right when you walk into New York yeah. City, they go, here's your, le- your, your lead pipe, sir. Yeah. If ever you see a hobgoblin or anywhere, a green goblin, to be fair, I, I want think you to one throw- of them threw a sandwich. One of them threw like a hot dog. <laughs> so stupid. I, I, <laughs> you mess with one you, of us, you mess with all of us. I'm like, fuck, then fine, I'll imagine, kill all of you. you imagine ga- Goblin just fucking, all right, here's some disintegration grenades for all of you. Yeah, like, I kill all one of them can okay. take at least 10 out. Here's five. Just on the you bridge, gotta take the know? context for this moment, though, right? Yeah, thank you. Oh, of course, this thank is the 9 11. Yes, this is 9 11. All of this was it's hilarious. This <laughs> was 9 11. The, the thing that the thing that the thing that's problematic about this scene, I don't think, is this scene itself. It is a time capsule, the way Macy Gray is a time capsule. <laughs> Plays weirdly to us now because we're not, it's not literally eight months after 9-11. Right. You know, which, which when they had to take out the sequence with the Twin Towers. Yeah, which destroyed everybody who lived in New York at the yeah. time. Like, every, people people had PTSD still to this very day. So this whole thing of, and, and it is a comic book thing of like, hey, Spider-Man is New York's hero, and even though the press is against him and the cops are against him, people know that Spider-Man is good and people will help. There's also a Spider-Man theme of like, if everybody sees one person doing good, that's the permission they need to do good in their lives. So that's a Spider-Man thing. The thing that's problematic to me about this scene is it became a scene that was then uh, a prerequisite to a Spider-Man movie. This scene happens in every Spider-Man movie. Try to point on. A, point B. Where are all the cranes? Hey, get up yeah. there! Get up those cranes going. <laughs> to where we get C. Thomas Howell. Howell, oh, fuck God. yes. We, we get do. C. Thomas Howell lining up every construction crane in Amazing Spot. Like this scene just became a trope that I don't think Spider-Man needed. We also get the is it, is it Spider-Man two when it's the uh, the subway sequence where they're like, oh, get out of the way for Spider, and then Doc Ock now, just fucking slams their face against the wall. He's like, fuck you, people. The fucking the fucking scene. Now, I'm I'm torn about this because you know when we talk when when y'all talk about Spider-Man two, you'll get into this, but like, I think that train scene is better than this scene. And oh, I yeah. think, if, oh yeah, hundred percent. Because you get all this weird savior imagery of Spider-Man that I think they were afraid to do in the first movie. He's just—he's literally crucifying himself on the R line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then everybody carry him carries like him yeah. and carefully puts his mask back on him. That's a beautiful scene, and I feel like it works more than this one. Oh, million But this percent, scene, yeah. in terms of time, was more appropriate, and I just. I don't know. It's messy. This whole trope is messy to me, and I don't know how I feel about it. I like the trope. I just don't think it was earned in this movie. But I, I think that that is something that is core to Spider-Man, that the people do fuck with him and, yeah. and rock with him. I do like I do like the thing of the 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 guys on the barge being like, we see you. We're coming. Yeah. Right. Like, that's cool. And that's then they ballsy, just by the way. kept hitting it. Yeah. Because yeah, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen to that fucking barge. Like, that's dude, a fucking Roosevelt thing... Island tram. Yeah. That's fucking uh, wild. That's 
fun scene anyway. So Goblin grabs Spider-Man, throws him through a brick wall. We go over to this abandoned warehouse where he explodes him with some bombs, just takes off half of his mask in the process. And Tobey Maguire's like, like I do want to say that the mask is mouth. torn in a Todd McFarlane way. Yo, my gosh, yeah. yes. You could uh, they, see the ink showing like every that, outline of the <laughs> that one little strip yeah. is so Todd McFarlane. Uh, they fight and Peter gets his ass handed to him. He's like, "You spun your last web, Spider Man. I'm gonna finish MJ nice and slow." And then Peter's like, "No, why does the Goblin just put him to sleep again? Did he only have one sleep? <laughs> no, he's got lots of sleep. Do you think the Goblin only has one sleep? Whatever, you're mistaken, sir." To the New Yorkers, uh, this, this entire scene is is such a like clear set. It is such a movie, whatever. But like putting all that aside, I I really love it. I love the choreography. I love how there's no score. We yeah. hear just a lot of punches and a lot of like the sounds, and it it, it kind of breaks Peter down a lot more in spider-man down at this point and with the ripped mask and stuff like it is the closest we get in the raimi trilogy to the moment in homecoming when he's like under the the rocks and like he has to kind of like get out it's like there's a hopelessness to it that i actually believe in and i think the fight's pretty cool but there's so many goofy elements including the death itself yes which of course is here (laughs) that whole thing of spider-man always like spider-man always gets back up you know what i mean like that's Mm -hmm. that's what happens like i don't give up on anybody like yeah, this is this is maybe this is maybe the first time you see that and it's great. And I also do love as much as the death is a little corny and the whole the whole cuz it's on a set it looks a little corny. You know, Peter can't kill the goblin. Spider-Man can't do that. Um but I do like that it's Norman's own plans and machinations that kill him, right? Yeah. Like that is the way Norman needs to die. And I think this was kind of a, this was a fun comic booky way to do it. If not, maybe the most realistic way to do it. Uh, right. I like, I like the choice Spider-Man. of it. I, I think, I think Norman being the one to do it is, is, is a good choice, but I still, I still think the over the topness of green, of um, green goblin makes it less dramatic when it is this, Oh shit. Like I, Spider-Man is indirectly killing Harry's dad. Right. Right. It being green goblin and him being, that version so magnanimous. of and so <laughs> yeah like so big and so hard to take seriously i think takes a little bit away from the drama of it but i i like this scene regardless i don't, I don't think there's too much wrong with it well, i think the other thing i think the other thing that i would have liked to have seen them hit is like the goblin hits it hits on like i know who you know and i'm gonna get mj mm-hmm. but like in the comics there's like a long history of peter just being like norman please don't do this totally norman Norman, I love you and I love your son. Please don't do this. We're family. You told me we're family. Peter always does that first. And we didn't get that here. And that's one of the omissions that I, that I really, it's one of the few omissions that I really am just like, I wish I, 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 I would have loved to have seen a little bit of that. The, the one thing that did take me out was Peter being surprised when like he got the sense of, oh shit, like the, the glider is coming because mm-hmm. you have the shot where, Green Green Goblin is very obviously hitting the up button on on his uh, yeah. watch thing and on like right in front of Peter. Yeah, on his D pad, right? And like it's right in front of Peter. There's nothing. There was nothing slick about it. And so like you know, I felt I I I I felt like they had an opportunity to show a bit of competency of like, hey, over the course of this film, I have grown as Spider Man. And so mm-hmm. like this is even though I want to save this man and I care for this man and I'm trying to to uh, appeal to this man, like I'm I still have that sense of awareness of. Oh shit! Like this thing is coming behind me. I wish it was less of a surprise and more of a, oh shit! I got to do this because he's too yeah. far gone. Yeah. Andy, did you uh, did you have to move your chair cereal there, bud? 
Yeah, I had some uh, some of my some of my posture I put on my chair. I had yeah. to I had to lower the I had to move the standing desk to a sitting desk because my legs are tired, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy figured out that the perfect uh, the perfect booster chair for us uh, at five foot eight is a, a Kashi Goline box. You just I love put it underneath your butt. I, and kind of I, I was just I eating a different flavor of the same one. I've got the fruit filled cinnamon back harvest me. is fantastic. Yeah, um, great give it a shot. Great Important cereal. note here as we continue with the plot: Peter dodges the glider and sends it right in Norman's gut with his dying breath. Norman says. Peter, don't tell Harry. So I Peter does yeah. what any good friend would do, and he brings back Norman's naked body to his place and places him delicately on the chaise lounge right in front of Harry so that Harry can get the wrong idea. He does nothing to be like, hey, man, your dad is the Green Goblin. No. He tried to kill me. No. What did you think he was going to think when you brought back his dead father? That's weird. Just leave him there. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to to Peter. Like to Peter, it's like, hey, don't tell Harry. He's like, great. I promise. And I think as much as they showed that like the Goblin and Norman are two different people, I think we are, you know, even though they don't hit on it for Peter, there is a theme where like Peter and Spider-Man can't be the same, you know, not in like a Batman way, but in a like, Hey, a business is business and my personal life is my personal life. And I've got to mm-hmm. honor the And If people hate Spider-Man, that's okay. Spider-Man's there to be hated. Peter is not. So I, I don't can't think tell it Harry works. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think it works. Right. I think, I think that, you know, you have two movies to build that up for the dark Knight, where we have that wonderful ending of the dark Knight, where he's like, why is he running daddy? Cause, cause he has to, right. Cause this is, mm-hmm. this is what Batman has to be right now. But the idea in this movie that Peter has to keep his, his Spider-Man life and his, like we've already seen him make that choice and, and save both. So it, yeah. it, the theme is at odds with itself. At no, the end but here. this is, but this, this is, is like, just kind but of this is more writing. like for the sake of Harry, who he still, despite everything, thinks of as his only friend right and he doesn't want to ruin and and he doesn't want to ruin harry's idea of his father because that's like all harry has but new it's plan, one of those things where like plan, hey guys put, ahead, I was say, put your put your identity out there you're i'm peter parker i'm spider-man get cooler friends right like i think you're way, oh, you're way be better friends friend. <laughs> you're way better friends but also if my dad's a super villain and you bring his naked body back to me, it's going to fuck me up for life. So You could have put some pants on him. Put some pants on the man. Put some for, pants on happened? my dead like, dad. I'd be like, what did you do to my dad before? Anyway, we cut over to the funeral where Harry's real sour about Spider-Man. He's like, I swear I my the funeral scene. Spider-Man will pay. Thank God for you, Peter. You're the only family I have. And he's like, oh, that hurts. And then Peter goes, no matter how hard I try, the ones I love will always be the ones who pay. And it's like, not really. This is one time. It's out of nowhere, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's like this, this whole thing. It's like it, it thinks Why that the movie built to, to this. Yeah, and like, it, I guess logically it kind of does. It just isn't good. It doesn't, it's not earned at all. And him walking away from MJ after kissing her, it's just so dramatic. And it's like, cool, so I guess bad. you had to end the movie that way. I get it. But like, it's not good. And it's not Spider-Man. Peter's not, Peter, yeah. The, the whole Peter MJ thing, they're just not, they're not making good choices. They're not making good choice. They didn't know what to do with MJ other than to have her be uh, property to stake a flag on, mm-hmm. you know, for, for dramatic reasons. Um, but this is real. But it's not even, this, this, this is how is bad. also against Peter's character, right? Yes. This is how this bad is, this scene gets, right? She flip flops on him and says, I've been in love with you the entire time, even though clearly she has a crush. That's on not true. Then <laughs> they kiss and he says, all I have to offer you is friendship right now, which is not true. And she knows it's not true. And then as he's walking away, she has a realization that I think we're supposed to just assume means that she knows he's Spider-Man because yeah, they kiss they, exactly the same. Yeah. Cause they kiss exactly the same right side up and upside down 
But then Come instead on. of but then instead of saying, wait, Peter, fuck, I know why you can't tell me you're Spider-Man. We'll work this out. She just lets him walk away. And it's that it's totally exactly what you were talking about earlier, that that fantasy of like the unrequited love. Now mm-hmm. finally she'll love me. But then like what's better than that? Well, now I have the power because I've chosen right. to be her friend for, for the I'm altruistic and stuff like that. It's like this. None of this works at all in this scene. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is a staple of classic Spider-Man. It's unfortunately something that like if you're going with 60s, 70s, even early 80s before Peter and MJ get married, like this is unfortunately the way Spider-Man stories were. Yeah. Not anymore, though, thank God. Thank God we've we've kind of moved beyond that. They found a new way to tell him. But before yeah. we end this movie, he goes, whatever light we have, get some more banger narration from from Tobogar, <laughs> the old VO booth five months from now when he's hungover. Ooh. Whatever life holds in store. When he's hungover me. from from being in the Maldives with fucking <laughs> with Vince Leonardo Vaughn DiCaprio. and Leonardo DiCaprio. And they're like, You gotta fly back. You're supposed to be in VO in two hours, Toby. <laughs> he's like, I'll just do it from the plane. Give me your phone. Whatever life holds in store for me, I'll never forget these words. Great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift. My curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. And they and then, say that oh a hero God. will save us. I'm we not going to stand there and wait. And again, you want to talk about, you want to talk about a post 9-11 reaction? Somebody was like this. You know what? We don't have a single shot of the fucking American flag. We in don't. Movie. We got to fucking change that right Let's now. Change this right now. And fucking A, man. Spider-Man swinging through the city and it landing on the flag for a hot second and popping cool. off of it. I'm it's like, cool. fuck, okay, that worked. Awesome. That worked for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that does fill me with pride for our country. And then yeah. the credits roll. But Anthony, I'm sorry, you're not right. The credit song is not that song. The credit song Every is a different song. Every song is that song, Nicholas. <laughs> and then we get the first of everyone thought, oh, Marvel started the mid credit sequence. No, they didn't. Mid credits, we do get that song. I am so high, I can hear heaven. And it's like, oh man, what's this guy look like? And then I look up a picture of him. I was like, oh, yeah, Chad Kroger, man. <laughs> Chad Kroger fucking slaps, Chad man. Chad Kroger. It's not Chad. It's it, by the way, it's not Nickelback. This is a Chad Kroger, and I forget yeah. the other Saliva. guy's song. Saliva. Is it Saliva? Mm-hmm. Either way, it's a banger. Andy, but I, I challenge I you. Your, I love your fucking not so not so hidden fucking emo butt rock past, dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it because you've got all you've got all the facts. Oh yeah, there's oh, a yeah. guy. I, there's a and guy we were in, all there. We were all there, man. Just this like was with, a banger. Just like with Nick, who likes to you know you hit that at a certain point, you're like, uh, oh god, Nickelback fucking sucks. Like. I was aware of Nickelback. Mm-hmm. I grew up listening to Creed. I know all the fucking douche rock stuff. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it was the dude from Saliva and Chad Kroger on right. a roof. Just the, and by the way, singing. on the a dude green from screen Saliva with a yellow filter. Yeah, the dude yes. from Saliva looks like Jack Black is cosplaying as like a metal Lobo. guitarist. Oh my god! I watched this video. I have never seen this video before. I watched it, and it got to that guy's face. (laughs) It got to this guy's face, and he started singing, and I started laughing so hard at like one o'clock in the morning this morning. Fuck! I needed this in my life. Anyway, so listen. Over overall here, overall here, the rewatch. I mean, I you you all tagged it a little bit in the beginning here, but opinions have changed since the rankings. This is not a re-ranking. Opinions have changed though. How 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 do you how do you feel how you feel boys about Spider Man? I really I enjoy it. It's a classic, and I mean I, I would go as far as saying I love this movie. I don't think it's good, and I think that it's a bad Spider Man story. <laughs> like that's just the, that's the long and short of it. Okay, okay, uh, okay. 
No, I'm I'll, fine. I'll, okay. I'll go I'll go more positive than that, Carboni. I watching it this time around, having known the horrors of watching a lot of other really, really trash, terrible movies. Yeah. I think this movie is good. And I think it does fit in that classic role where we here on interview have gone back to watch old movies from the 80s and you just kind of understand that that's of the time that they were mm-hmm. and you I grade them differently like I, I I kind of bring all the sorts of things into what I'm thinking at those moments and I think this movie it, I would have ranked it higher had I'd watched a lot of really really bad um, Batman movies and yeah, like X-Men, X-Men movies and yeah I think like I think this movie is a lot better than I than I thought it was I think this movie is special. Like, I, I think it's a classic, and I do think it's good. I think it's very campy, and I think that's. I think there are a lot of elements mm-hmm. of the movie that don't age well, especially when you look at like CGI and the way that we, the way that comic uh, book movies have just grown over the years. I think it's very easy to look back at it and go, "Oh yeah, this, 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 and this is not as pristine as it can be," because we've seen what pristine looks like. Mm-hmm. That said, I think for what it is, especially as a Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, I think there's so much that's still special about it. And I mentioned earlier that this movie for me is a collection of iconic moments. And I think there's a reason why that still stands out and why that still works, right? I think there's a reason why we look at that kiss where he's upside down and he's kissing MJ is like a, oh, wow, that is a memorable thing, right? Same with his, with his fight with Flash Thompson. Same with even the parade scene that, you know, we, we rag on it. but I, No, the, we don't. Not all of the, us. <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason why why this is one of those movies, movies where even though I haven't watched it in a, in a long time, getting back into it and going from scene to scene, I can predict what scene is next and remember like remember the scenes with like a surprising amount of oh yeah then this this and this happens oh yeah then he goes in the burning building and the Green Goblin is there for some reason I, that stuff sticks out so well and I do think that is because for for. The way this movie was constructed, it was constructed to be memorable. It was, it was constructed mm-hmm. to be a, hey, like, th- this is quintessential Spider-Man. We are, we are, it feels like their uh, scam ring was creating memories more than creating a polished, good, or, like, amazing film. And oh, with I love that, that. I do, I do, I do think that makes this something that is, uh, like, worthy of being called good. Because I think it did succeed at that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's sort of, it's sort of like this like proto like this archetypal spider-man story right like all of the elements are always going to be there you know and, yeah, he, and I he told them the way they are like i, I don't yeah. think there's a more iconic spider-man movie than this and that's kind of cheating because this is the first one I mean, there definitely right? is right. two is more iconic than this yeah but i i, I would say that the scenes i love them all in together though like i would say two is better yeah. than this but I, I i and i guess you and, and to some extent you lump them all together but i don't know i think there's something about this one that is I just I guess the most classic at least I remember me. all I the catchphrases more from this than I do from two. Like, yeah, I, I do think two is a moments. better movie, but I but uh, we ranked it that way. But I do think that this one has all the Macho Man moments. This but mo- this has all the Spider Man. This has all those like quotable kind of things that I, my memory yeah, yeah. just lacks like, onto for whatever reason. I could re- before watching this movie, I could probably recap a good portion of this movie and uh, hit the nail on the head. I couldn't recap right now for you spider-man 2 all i know is that spider-man 2 is a better movie and that doc <laughs> ock is better and that like the train scene is incredible well yeah. guess what everyone you don't need to recap it because nick's gonna recap it next week very exciting stuff spider-man 2 sam Raimi. spider-man <sighs> 2 it's gonna be a great time anthony thank you so much for hanging out with us for way way longer than i oh, asked you to hang out with us thank you for <laughs> indulging me for way way long i feel like i'm i feel like i'm 90 percent of the reason this was way way long <laughs> I just fuck it. I just love I love Spider-Man. I know. I know <laughs> Thank you, you do. for having me here. 
Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere on the internet at a Carboni, except for Twitch, where I am at Anthony Carboni. Twitch, you cowards, it's mine. Give it back to me. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at, at 8 a.m., you can catch me and Sage Ryan on the Pixel Circus channel on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pixel Circus, where we do It's Too Early, our morning news show that is uh, before all of the other morning news shows. So suck it, kind of funny. No. Uh, we get no. up earlier than you do. <laughs> 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 and there's no news yet, and it hurts our show. <laughs> Uh, and then of course my science comedy podcast with jeff canada which is we have concerns you can catch that at wehaveconcerns.com new episodes every friday hell yes and until next time thanks for swinging uh, thanks by. for swinging by yeah. hey!